0: Okay, everyone. Welcome. So I'm actually happy that I'm here now. Why? Because I should always be happy that I'm here, but there is an extra joy. You see, I got this, I got this text last week from a school in New York, from the Bais Rivka um, uh, Seminary. They wanted me to come and do a Shabbaton. So initially they asked me, like, I think it was for three weeks from now. So I said, okay, that looks like it. Then, then they told me just in the beginning of this week that it's going to be, you no, know, they have to have a change. It's going to be this coming Shabbos. They wrote Pasha Shamos. So because they wrote this coming Shabbos, I thought they meant this Shabbos. So I checked, and then I got back to them that I can come. They said, okay, give yeah, me take it. I'll, take an, I'll, I'll go on an overnight Thursday night flight. So my thought was to cancel this year because I would be flying. So then yesterday I sent, I made up with them yesterday. It was like a last-minute thing. And that no, this week. So I, I I made up with them that I'm going. And then I I uh, today I don't hear back from them. I said, Are they give me a ticket? Are they getting me or not? And then it's already like twelve o'clock, eleven. Before I gave my my shiach class today, so I'm texting them, and they sent to me, yeah, I know they're working, to try to get a good ticket, this and that. Um, I'll get back to you later. Don't worry. Latest, I'll get back to you by tonight. So I said, "Tonight is pretty late. I have a class. I have to know if I have to. So if I cancel the class, I have to make arrangements for someone to take over on Shabbos. If you can, kind of latest. If you answer me at least by one thirty today, my time, four thirty your time. At least I know. <laughs> so my style is really to go to last night. They said, "No, we don't. we are be crazy. We're not calling you. It's not this Shabbos. It would be next Shabbos." But next Shabbos, I'm probably not going to go, so it doesn't make a difference. But I thought I was going to be away. <laughs> All right. So tonight's class, Ben Pirates, Yai we're learning a mimer. So I initially wanted to learn Lakuti Torah tonight, Torah Oyer. That was my initial plan. There's one more mimer in vayachi that we didn't learn. Not actually an original mimer, meaning not the mimer, but the explanation on the mimer. Very Kabbalistic. And because I thought I'm flying, I didn't get any chance to really go through it. By the time I got myself together, it was too much to try to crack that one. So I grabbed this out of the bookshelf about a few hours ago to check. And this mimer, and everything is Bash everything is by divine providence. It turns out that the mimer that we're going to learn now explains something that we related to what we learned last week, in the last three weeks. In the Maim or Padabashalam. So it's very nice to find that when you have, let me just shut this. When you have such a thing happening that you're not intending with no intention, and yet it explains a a phenomenal idea that we had discussed last week, um, as we're going to see soon what that idea is, which um, is, is interesting. Okay. So in, 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 this week we have Yaakov's blessings to his children. So let me just say where this mimer is from. This mimer is from the year Nun Nunzayan, exactly 100 years ago. Now I know another reason. No, not 100 years ago. 120 years ago. This mimer was said 120 years ago. That means it was said in 1890, 1897. 1896. No, maybe 1897. Yeah. Um, In 1897, it was said by the fifth Chabad Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, And he said it on the engagement party of his son, the next Rebbe. He had only one son, Rebbe Yosef Yitzchak. And the Friediger Rebbe's name was Yosef. So he said a mimer on the Pasuk Ben Pores Yosef. It's the blessing of Yaakov to Yosef. Now, I don't know when the Tanayam was, when the engagement party was. I don't know. I don't know if it was at this time of the year. It could have been at this time of the year, too, Parshat Vayechi, and that's why he said the Maimer, ben Yosef. Or, possibly, he just said the Maimer because of Yosef's... Because Yosef, uh, his son, is Yosef. Interesting thing is... That it's not only son is Yosef, but one of the explanations in the meaning of Ben Pores Yosef means that Yosef, if anybody uh, is gonna be able to. I f forgot put oh no, no, I didn't realize there is water there. Okay, fine. I didn't put usually they put water on the tables, but that's fine, there's water there. Okay. Um so bempores yosef means yosef, my son. Yosef, my son is a son that um, has many bempores. Comes from the word piriavirivia. Per, piriavirivia means multiplies. He's a son that multiplies, meaning a son that has many children. So, so it fits very well with the idea of the engagement party of a son yosef, because it's also the bracha for children, and it's going to happen. Now we know that the blessing that the Rebbe Rashab gave by the Friedrich Rebbe's tenoyim, again the fifth Chabad Rebbe is giving by the sixth Chabad Rebbe's Tenoim, in which he is getting engaged, which from that engagement will come his marriage, which from that marriage will come his daughter, which from that daughter will get married to the Rebbe. So this is a very powerful bracha that's being nimshach and this mimer. For that children, which is related to uh, that great light that we've seen in the world—that is uh, a powerful, powerful light—that is transforming the, the world and bringing us Mashiach. So that's special. So let's see what the Rebbe. Now it's not written by the Rebbe himself, the, the Rebbe Rashab. It is a Reshima, meaning someone wrote it down. As it says over here, Reshima Me'echad Ashayimim. It's a, a, a notes that was written by one of, by one of the listeners. This is the Mimer. Okay. Ben Poires, Yosef, Yosef is a son that increases. Poires, he's period of Arivia, has children, multiplies. Ben Poires, he is a son, and over the eye. So Rashi actually learns the simple meaning of Ben Poires. Poires means, it's in today's Chumash, that he is a son of charm, he's charming to the eye. The word Poires comes from the word Chain, meaning is related to Chain, to grace that Yosef was very charming, he had a lot of charm, and it was delightful to look at him, and everybody wanted to see him. His majestic uh, radiance, it was drawn, as the, the Pasik describes, how when Yosef was parading in Mitzrayim, it was like the, everybody came out to look at him, at, his, at this grandeur of Yosef. But, but Yosef also means, Ben Poras also means, one who creates a great increase, Having children means to increase, but in general, he brings a big increase, which it fits very much with his name because he, the name Yosef itself means lahosef, to add. So Yosef is one that adds. Now, this addition, this increase that Pores represents, this period of arrivia, this bringing more, or more, or bringing children, and in the case of adding, this addition that comes from Yosef. The word "pores" is 680. Now 680 is 5 times 136. You make 136 times 5, you're going to get 680. I decided that I'm going to fight my klipa that I have inside of me. I have this klipa inside of me that always likes to check the gematria to see if it's true. But today I said I'm gonna. I'm not gonna give into that, and I'm not gonna check it. I'm just gonna assume that it really is that way. That five times um, five. That poires, um, which is six eighty, is gematria five times one thirty six. Now, uh, okay. So, which means? What does that tell you? That what, Yosef is bringing us. He's bringing his his addition. What he's adding is he's adding the five sounds. What's the idea of adding the five sounds? What sounds are we talking about? Five times koil. So what are these five sounds that he's adding? The inyan hu, and the idea is, the Isa b'Gemara, it is stated in Talmud, in the Gemara, a mesudas chasin, anybody that delights someone that comes and has any benefit from, the, from a chasinah, from a if a person has a benefit from a chasana and umisamchoy, and then they bring joy to the Hasan. because the Gemara says that if someone goes to a wedding and he just eats and drinks and has a good time and leaves and doesn't add any joy, doesn't contribute anything to the wedding by adding simcha, so they transgress the five kolot, the five sounds. If someone goes to a wedding and they bring joy to the chasan or the kala, so then, what it is? Actually, it doesn't say the kolos, says the chasim. le Torah. This person merits the Torah. what does he merit? He merits to receive. rejoicing by a wedding gives you access to Torah. And the, and what sense? What's the connection? Because Torah was given with five kolos. Because in my Matan Torah, it mentions five times the word koil. There the, the, the was kolos of rakim, there were sounds. He koil Hashem, right? Koil HaShofar, sound of the shoifer. So there is a mentioning of five times the word koil. So now what does it have to do with going to a wedding and bringing Simcha to the chasana and the kala? What does it have to do? Because by a it also says, Mehera Yishama Be'ore Yehuda. Koil Sasa in the Simcha, Koil Khasan the ko'il ka'la, Koil, we want one prospect, Koil Mitsala is chasana mechupasam, or another process that says Koil Oyma l'ashem, something like that. So it mentions five kolos, by a chasan and a kala. So therefore, if you go to a wedding and you make you add your coils, you add to that to that sound, to the joy, to the happiness of the wedding. So then your merit, the Torah, which was also given to five koelis. Now, okay, now we have to say that Yosef, whose Yaakov blesses him with the word ben poras, and poras is gematria of five times Koil, means that the root of that hamshacha, of that flow that comes down by every wedding, and that it was by the giving of the Torah, it's related to Yosef at Tzadik's but Yosef has some connection to that in, you to the five koilis. In Pashas Yisro, it mentions five times koil. By the way, I'm just making this up right now, but it fits. Yisro also means to add. Yisro means to add. So the add, the five koilis is an addition. So we're going to soon see it's an addition. Maybe that's why he emphasizes, but Parashas Yisro, Yisro, that's just a name. The chem b'chosen by b'chosen also namar hei poim koil. By a chasan it also says five times koil. Shahe ma he these are the five koilois, shenanizbar. Yiddin were blessed with these five koilas. Kail sasan ve koil simcha, koil khasan, vikil kala, koil oymru haidu, a voice that says praise whatever. Khulu. Tsarukla we need to understand Mahu inyana hei pam koil. What are the five coils that that we're that we're supposed to draw down by a chassana? And what are the five koelos that came by the giving of the Torah? What kind of sheiches, what kind of connection do these five koelos have? To what? To matan, Torah, and to chasen. Matan, Torah, and chasen, both of them are connected to the five koelos. Now, the general idea of matan, Torah, and chasen, we understand the connection. Because the giving of the Torah was a wedding. It was the wedding of Hashem and Knesset Yisrael. Hashem got married to us by the giving of the Torah. So it's a wedding. So we connect it. We still need to understand what's the connection of a wedding to the five koilis. The gam. And now we also need to understand the maho inyan. What is the, what is the idea? The poiras hu be matriya pomim koil. What's the connection? The dafka ba Yosef. We say that Yosef is ben poiras. Por, poras, the word Poras, this in today's in today's Chumash, ben por, Yaakov blesses in Ben Poras. Poras means a son that increases, that multiplies, that is fruitful and multiply. But the Rebbe brings that the word Poras is Gematria 680, which is the Gematria of five koelis. In order to understand all of this, we have to understand something else. So I'm going to tell you already right now um, what, 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 what it is. And what's the secret over here and what does this have to do it's, it's very geschmack because it connects Mamesh to what we learned last week if you remember in last week's um, last week and the weeks before my, 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 we were learning that the moon Malchus is impoverished she's in a state of darkness and we learned that what's the darkness of Malchus that she lost the hay she lost the five lights from the higher spheres and if you remember, we spoke that in order for Hashem to create the world through the of Malchus, he had to diminish her light. Because if Malchus would be illuminated with the light of godliness, if, 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 if the Malchus would be enriched with the, with the truth of God, then she couldn't possibly be a source for a creation that feels itself separate from Hashem. Because the creation would be so saturated with the, with the knowledge of the mother of creation, which is Malchus, and she would pass on that knowledge into all of us. We would be so, we would so we would be so conscious of the all pervading truth of God, and it wouldn't leave any room for us to exist. So if we would exist, we would exist totally and submerged in our source, and then we would not fulfill the purpose for what we were created. Because Hashem did not want us to live in submerged being submerged in our source, because then we would all be like just one with Him, and there wouldn't be bechira, there wouldn't be free choice, and the whole pleasure that God. Gets that we struggle with darkness and we overcome our challenges, all of that is only, is, is related to the fact that we're living in concealment. In order for us to live in concealment, Malchus has to lose the five lights. What were the five lights that Malchus, and we, and we learned, to remember last week, we learned that this is related to, which he's going to bring this Pasuk to later, it says in the Pasuk, Atahu Hashem levadecha. You are Hashem alone. You, God, are alone. Then we say, You made it heaven and earth. So if you take a look, you see the word atah is mentioned two times in the Pesach. You are Hashem alone. And then we learned You made heaven. So what's the you, you twice? And then there's a, there's a very, very noticeable difference between the first atah and the second First time when it says Ata hu Hashem levadecha, the word atta spelled out Aleph, aliftuf hey. You have the full all letters of the word atta. Second time when it says atta, it says at asisa es You made the heaven, it doesn't say atta, even though we read it atta, but if you look in the Siddur, it says at asisa es ha-shamayim. you made the heaven without the he. What's the difference? Because atta is the root of Atta is Aleph Taf. So it represents the source of letters, the realm in Elochus, the realm in the divine that is all about words. So which sphero, which attribute is words? Malchus. Malchus, Peh. Malchus is communication. Malchus is words. So Malchus is Aleph through Taf. So that's why Malchus is called Atta. But there's two levels in Malchus. Initially, initially, when Hashem initially emanated Malchus at the very, very, very original desire, there's an interesting statement that says, Before Hashem created the world, He and his name were alone. What does that mean? His name is Malchus, because a king, we're going to see about that, that a king, the way a king relates to the people, the way the king relates to the country is only the name of the king, the renown of the king, the fame of the king goes out. It's his name, not the king himself. His power is, 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 is... So that's his name. Malchus is very much... And Malchus is only a... Like kingship is not an essential element in a person. Kingship is only something that relates you to others. So it's, it's considered your name. Before, so therefore, when we, whenever we speak about Hashem's name, plain name always means Malchus. Like we say also, Baruch, shame, Kivod, malchus. So malchus is shayach, malchus is called Azai um, melech, um, remember? Azay melech, sh'moy nikra, malchus is shame. Before Hashem created the world, meaning before the process, olam means tzimtzum, contraction. Before Hashem began the process of making contractions and concealments, Malchus, the attribute of Malchus, was still one and included in the Or Ein Sof, in the infinite light of God. Malchus was like a potential in Hashem to be a king. So the attribute of Malchus was still unified with the infinite light. That's Malchus as Malchus is still in the Orain Ein Sof. Malchus before Hashem starts separating her, separating her, and separating her, and separating her, and pushing her more out, 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 out. until Hashem pushes her all the way down and has her become trapped, and Chas V'sholem almost amputated from him. That's the situation, what happens with the Shekhinah, with Sefiris Malchus, especially the time of Golos and exile. So you see, Malchus takes a very, very long journey. So initially, in the initial stage, it's Atah. The, uh, the, the Malchus, the Aleph and the tuf have the hay shining. We'll see the, what the hay means in a minute. Has the hay shining in it. After, however, when it comes time to actually create the worlds, when it comes time to Atta, Atta, Asisa, Hashemayim, it comes time for the actual Pa'ula of Malchus to actually go down and create the worlds, Malchus loses the hay. What does it mean? Hashem hides from Malchus, the light of five parts of him. There are five parts of him. Uh, look, the whole Seder Ishtal shalos, the whole order of evolving energy, godly light, in Yiddish you say, I don't know how I don't know why. I don't know why I'm starting to think, like, whatever, uh, um, presents itself in five stages. Kesser, Chachma, Bina, Yudke, Vavke. Four letters. And then the Kutzei Yud, which is the fifth level. Five levels. Keser, Chachma, Bina, Ze'eran, and Malchus. And these are levels in what? The, we understand that the, in Keser, right? In Keser, the Oren Tsoyf is completely unhindered, is not diminished at all. The Oren Tsoyf is shining in all its brightness. In Chachma already, the Oren Tsoyf is already dramatically limited. But it's still, it's still a little point from the orange. In Bina, the light of the orange is even more diminished. And, and then the Zeir Anpin, it got even, even less. And finally, when it comes down into Malchus, the oil is mamish a little, but there's still a little bit of light shining in Malchus. Those are, oh now before, listen to something. Before Hashem created the world, Malchus was still floating in where? In Keser. So she had all five lights of Keser, Chachma, Binah. I mean, if she had the light of, Chek, of Keser, automatically she had the higher partsufim shining in her. Chachma, Bina, Das. Because it's all included in Keser. So she had all these five lights. When, I, when it came time to create, what does Hashem have to do to the Shechina? as we spoke earlier, in order for her to be able to create a disconnected world, the first thing is he shuts down the lights of Kesser. So Malchus suddenly is, doesn't have that light that she once had, the light of Kesser. Then he shuts down another light. Which light does he shut down? Second, the light of Chachma. Then Hashem shuts the next switch, the light of Bina. Then Hashem shuts the next switch, which is the light of Ze'er Anpin. And finally, he shuts the last switch, which is the light of Malchus. Even that is and Malchus is totally in the dark. And with, in the state of darkness is when she goes down, she becomes totally, mamish, ignorant, completely lost all the light. She has no das at all. She has no na- meaning. <laughs> We're talking about the shechina. So when we say dark, it means compared to the, the, the lights that are higher, it's considered dark. And totally dark. And in that state of blindness and darkness is when she actually activates creation. She creates the heavens and the earth. That's the meaning of Atta, At Asisa Sashamayim. She, at without the hay. Atta wa Washem Levadecha is Malchus in its original state. But the point over here is not that Malchus, that the creation should remain in darkness, the Kavan of why Hashem darkened and concealed and hid the light from Malchus, is not that Malchus should be left in the dark. But as a result of our avodah in Torah and mitzvahs, we should bring back the light that was once shining in Malchus. That happened by Matan Torah. Once the Torah was given, the Torah, and we're going to see later that the Torah and mitzvahs, first of all, they bring down every, every, every mitzvah you do. You make L'shem Yichud Kutche Berichu or Shechinte. You take light from Akadish baruchu, which is still higher than Malchus. The, the, the energy that's above creation, and you draw it down into Malthus you're, you're bringing light, you're illuminating her, you're bringing light into the cosmos, you're illuminating the, 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 the source of all of creation is becoming is lit, being lit up. And we know every mitzvah, this mitzvah draws from this attribute, and this mitzvah draws from this attribute. But in general, all the mitzvahs, how many mitzvahs do we have? 620 mitzvahs. With the seven rabbinic commandments, which is gematria Kesa so we're actually reaching the kesser light, and we're drawing that down into malchus. The yitnu kesser We give her a crown into malchus. So when if your mamshich kesser into malchus, you've restored her lights. That is the meaning of why when we say that by matan Torah, the Torah was given with chamisha koylois, with five. Sounds. It's time to make noise. That's what we're celebrating. Uh, and we say, but the, but the Torah was given, it was given with five, five sounds. So what's the idea of five sounds? It's time to tell you that there was noise. What's the union of five sounds? Now the nekud over here is, the five koilas are, koil, every time a koil, koil means hamshacha. Koil means to draw something down. To, oh, why? Because when a person gives sound, you're, you're actually... You're, you're taking something from your inside and you're communicating it right you're quiet no one knows what's going on in you you're talking and we hear we know what's happening we know what you're about we know what your what your interests are what you what what, what, your, what your knowledge is all about what your, what your feelings are right? person talks so a coil which needs sound if a person is totally hoarse and they can't talk even if they have the ability to utter sounds but you can't you need coil for the for the for the for, for the icy ice, for the words to carry for the sound to so coil is a hamshacha, is to draw forth. Five coils. What does that mean? It's the it's from these five levels, the five lights that were removed from the creation from malchus. And your mamshach first the one coil is the coil from the zeir anpin. I'm sorry, the first coil is the coil of malchus. Malchus is not even in touch with her own light. So first we open up one coil is coil of malchus. Then the coil of the zeir anpin then the kail of Bina, and then the kail of Chachma, and finally we're the kail of Keser. And then Malchus is illuminated. And that's why by every chasen and kala. Since every kala represents the shechina, every kala is Malchus. Every, uh, she is the energy of creation itself. And the chasen is here to bring the masculine light, the light from above into the kala, to illuminate and to cause this yichud of a Baruch Hu and the shechina. And that's why by every chasana we have to activate these five khalas. The five to, to bring light into the kala to bring, bring light into Malchus. To bring all that light into Malchus and to bring her back to the way she was before. Now we learned in the Mimer last week that this was already accomplished by Moshe Rabbeinu. This was by Matan Torah. This was accomplished by Moshe Rabbeinu. We learned by Shloim we had even higher... Not only did Malchus get back her light, but Malchus got even the light of Pneumius HaKesed, which never ever was shining in her. That's what we learned. And then we learned where Mashiach comes, which is, then we're going to be Mamshech even higher than than, than Ashirus. We're going to be Mamshech Chesed, which is even way beyond that. This Mimer, however, that we're learning over here, is dealing with the first level. It's dealing with Matan Torah. It's dealing with the five lights being restored in Malchus that whole ability to bring hashem's light into malchus which really means to bring the infinite light of hashem into the creation into the world because malchus is the great is really as we said matan torah but the one responsible for doing that is yosef Atzadi. and we're going to see that avram yitzhak and yaakov they were very very big tzaddikim tremendous tzaddikim but because their souls were such super mega souls they basically hovered above the creation their lights, they were the lights of Atsilus, they didn't really have a connection to the world. Their light was above. It wasn't in the world, it was above the world. Till you came to who? Till we got to uh, Yosef at Yosef at Indian is to take Yaakov, and everything Yaakov learned from Avram and Yitzhak, and translate it into the world. Yosef is the machaber, Yosef is the connector. One of the words of the, one of the, one of the, when you take the word Poras, Ben Poras Yosef, you rearrange the letters Poras, you get the word tofer. And tofer means someone who sews. What is sewing? Sewing is you take two pieces of material and you sew them together. So to take the world and God and sew it together. That's Yosef's job. Yosef, and we see that in Yosef's life. He was someone who was able to live with all the transcendental meditations and all the consciousness of Atsilus, of, of, that, of that MS of Hashem. And Yosef was the only person who accomplished living that way in the ballrooms of Egypt in those days. Going to the parties, being part of the whole Egyptian scene, having to be there because he's running the country. And at the same time, his mind is living in pure Atsilus Bittal consciousness, even though he's here and there at the same time. Yaakov couldn't do that. The other Shvatim couldn't do that. They didn't have the power to do that. Yosef is the machaber, is the attachment. Now the Frida the that Rebbe Rashab said this by the Frida engagement, the Indian of Yosef to be Mahaber, because you see that in the in the in the history, the light of Mashiach began in Mejabush. And we're in uh, a little shtibel in the measurebush. and it carried around various different shtiblach and this and that. It didn't enter into the mainstream worldly existence until it came to America. When you see this came to America, you see a whole new Indian. It like entered and infiltrated into modern life. That people that are living modern lives, And they're invigorated by the ideas of Hasidus. It's like you have the one and the modern person being so much worldly and at the same time, godly. And when the Friedrich Rebbe came to America, he said, America is nisht andesh. America is no different. In other words, in a sense, Yosef was the power of Matan Torah. That's what Matan Torah is. To bring the godly down to the world. Yosef is the attacher. Yosef is the one that makes it happen. And... In in, in, in in the Pnimiya Satorah of Chasidus, he was the Friedrich Rebbe who's mam into Malchus. The, and really the seventh Rebbe is Malchus, is actually takes it in and and releases it. That power from Yosef and releases it in the world. It's all hinted to in this Maimer as we're going to see. It's all the power of Yosef, Ben Poras, the power to make that tefira, that unification. So we can understand that when a Rebbe says a Mimer by his son's engagement, it's it has to do, not Stam uh, looking something. It, it's connected to the spiritual dynamics of what he was preparing him for. For this Hamshacha to draw down these lights and Mamish into the world. We're going to understand that better as we move ahead. Okay. So, what, he's, what is he going to do now? In order to understand all of this, he's going to explain this idea how the worlds on their own are the creation is from a Aleph Taf without the Hay. But he's not going to speak so much, Ayin was marach in that, because he makes a little reference to that, and we spoke about it the last weeks. So that's why. What his main Indian is going to show is how creation is only stemming from a very, very external, external, external energy of Hashem. That's creation on its own. But with Torah and mitzvahs, we're actually able to take the substance of the Divine into the creation. So we're talking about bringing the what the create, bringing the truth of our Soth into the creation. Let's read it side. What it says, Ki with it says, Ki with you, Makarchaim is the source of life. It says Ki with you is the source of life. At first glance we would think that the proper um, verbiage, the proper words that would have been appropriate over here, is we're trying to say that God is the source of life. If we're saying that you are the source of life, then we should say, Ki ato You are the source of life. Here it seems to imply that there's another thing that's the source of life, but that other thing that's the source of life is imchaz, with you. You have it in your pocket. You have it with you. But that would seem like there's some other power besides God, and that's not true. You are the source of life. What is the lushness? with you is? They move and it seems not to be understood. should have said, You are the source of life. Because from you is everything. What does it mean when he says, With you? He's basically going to answer that the source of life is not God. The source of life is a tiny little crumb of a crumb of a crumb of his infinite ability. And that little crumb of his ray, of Hashem's ray of him, is so nothing that it's considered canceled in God, as if it's a non-nothing. That means all of creation is deriving its sustenance, its power, its energy, and its life force from something that is considered completely insignificant. Utterly insignificant and and, and and meaningless from the true scope of things, creation is the creation on its own before the mitzvahs that we do. From God's scope, from God's observation, is absolutely nothing. Why? And that's why we don't say that you are the source of life. You are the source of life means that creation is got like it's 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 uh, it's got like a a a a holding in God Himself. Creation doesn't have a holding in God Himself. Creation has a holding in a little crumb of energy that emanates from Hashem. So that's in Yenu the Masha Imcha. This that says Imcha Moira. This is indicative. Shem Moker Achayim the source of life. Moker Hatanugim which is also the source of all pleasure. The source of life and the source of all delights and all pleasures. That is in the entire order of, of, of evolving worlds. That means magic. You've got the universe. And what we perceive is not even a tiny little, 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 little bit of the universe. As they keep on discovering scientists more and more, and galaxies and galaxies, and God, you can, can go to tzedreit. And Yad Hasidus tells us that that's only the bottom, 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 bottom of the world of Asiya. And higher than that, you have the spiritual world of Asiya. And higher than that, you have the world of Yetzirah. And higher than that, you have the world of Bria. Which each one is exponentially, exponentially far more uh, magnificent. Indescribably more magnificent and greater. And As the worlds progress higher and higher. And when we say this Bria, y- sorry, Yetzirah, and then we say this Bria, these are only le- general levels. Within each one of them is a gazillion worlds. As they emanate one from each other, one from each other, higher, and these are spiritual worlds. You know uh, science doesn't have the instruments to be able to pick this up. And higher and higher and higher and higher. And then there is above that old world of Atsilus. Right? That's cavaldic Yet we're saying that the entire Seder ishtalshalas, the whole order that is being obviously sustained and created by God, who Ziva Araba Alma. It's not touching. It doesn't even take one iota. It doesn't even grab one cell of God. Because it doesn't have any, it doesn't have any, even one atom, so to speak. One cell of the Abishtur himself. I'm using it as an example, of course. It's only ziva oda It's only a ray. She'einoy be'erech lega ba'atzmos. It doesn't have any any value to the essence, to the true substance of the orein soif of him. like it says, what does it say? It says, beka Hashem tzuroi lamim. With the two letters yud k, the sages learn out from the kibakah Hashem Tzur Elamim. With these two letters of the yud and the Hei, Tzur Elamim—that's the power of the worlds. What powers up creation? Meaning two things: creates it and then powers it, continues to power empower it. What's the Tzur? Tzur means the power. What's the Tzur of the worlds? Yud k—only one letter yud and one letter hey. The yud and only one the yud niru ola Abba, The world to come is created with the yud nivra And when the hey is created this world, then when we say this world, it doesn't mean, what's the difference between Olam Haba and this world? So he's gonna explain now, it doesn't mean a, Olam Haba means a world that's gonna be later created. And this world means a world that's now. Olam Haba also exists now. The reason why it's called Olam Haba is to us it comes later. To us. Because now we experience Olam so what's the difference between these two worlds? One difference. The olam azeh that we live in is called chitsoniyas olamos, the external part of the worlds. Olam Ba, we enter into the internal element of the worlds. Ganeiden, what's Ganeiden? Ganeiden is the inner element of the worlds. There's a Ganeiden in all worlds. When you enter into the inner element of the world, you're in Ganeiden. When we're alive in a body, we don't notice the Ganeiden. We're not in touch with that inner dimension of life, which is very pleasurable, an internal uh, um, 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 consciousness of the flow of divine energy, which gives, which is, which is, <laughs> which is pure ecstasy and bliss if we can sense it. But we don't sense it. We're living in the on the outside. We're living in the surface, and we're living in the chitzonis. So, olam azeh is the external of all worlds, and olam Ba is the panemius of all worlds. And he explains over here, and when we say this world, the intention over here is not only, we don't only mean the physical world, the general worlds, all three worlds, the world of creation, the world of formation, and the world of completion, which is our world. All these worlds together, he puts in parenthesis, the external part of the world, all of that is called this world. And I think the reason why it's called this world is because it has substance. That's what chitsayin is. is, when you look at a person, let's take a look at a person, the body, you say zeh, substance. The nishama, the power, whatever spiritual, you can't say zeh, because you can't touch it, you can't describe it, you can't weigh it, but it's, it's a power. And we know that the chitzanius is nothing. The, without the is dead. Kaputo. It's a, it's a couple of pounds of meat and bones. It's garnished. It's only because it has the power. Yet, what do you see when you look at a person? You see only the chitzanius. So the chitzanius you can say ze, And the plimius, right, haba, Nikla and, and the hishavus of the chitzanius of the world, what does Chazal say? With these two letters, with a yud and a hey, he creates both worlds. So, Uma Hey is from the letter Hey. Which, by the way, let, let's let, ju- just by just by saying this idea that we just said before I mean, over here. I mean, I, I don't remember seeing it with these words, at least not in a long time. The difference between Ola and Ola ba one being the panemius of the worlds, and the other ones being the Chitzaius of the world, makes very much sense. Why Ola ba is created with a yud? And Olam Hazez created with a hey. Because what the be difference a yud and a hey? A yud is a point, but it doesn't have any space to it. It's, it's, it's just a dot. Uh, a, 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 a hey is taking that dot and extending it in both directions, horizontally and vertically. And you create a full space. That means you're dealing already with a more substantial space and beingness. As opposed to the yud if you take a look at I'll give you an example. Can you on the nishama and body, can you say on the Nishama that the Nishama is is a spatial creature? No. The Nishama is one point of energy that's that's not like, oh wait, how tall are you? How big are you? Okay, you need a, like a six foot soul. Doesn't work that way. It's a power of life. It doesn't have the dimensions it doesn't have the length and the width it's just a point so with the yud is created the point of energy the pinemius of the world the godliness of the worlds the, 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 the it's creating so we can it's 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 the inner vitality of the worlds and and with the hay which is the more expressed substantial element of the letter that creates the more substances of an external world where we operate in on the lowest one but that's where we operate okay the hainuch of the Nikra is a Vesavusam, and the Yishavus of all of the of the Yistiga worlds, Uma Oishei is from the letter He, Shu'asa Kalila, which is a very, which is a light letter, the lace by Meshasha, here's a thing. When Chazal say that this world was created with a He, within letter, they mean two things. They want to express, number one, how tiny and insignificant the worlds are, because all it took from God to create it is one letter. To so all that it took from Hashem to create this, this world is one letter. Imagine how much effort it takes for you to, to say one letter. That's how much effort it took from God to create everything, all the worlds, all of creation, one letter. But they add even more. Which letter? The easiest letter to pronounce? Asa kalilah, the least by mashasha Doesn't take any, doesn't take any effort of of jaw jaw contraction of muscles. Because hey, it's just plain breath. Asa Kalila, it's a light letter, the lays by Mishasha. By the way, it says that the Hay has the least breath than all the other letters. It takes more breath; there's more exhaling and in every other letter than a. We sense the breath maybe more in the Hay because you don't in the other letters. The the, the 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 there's more motor motorization in the in the, in the letter which which occupy which, but the and the Hay all you have is the, but in truth. It has the least breath in a hay than all the others. And that he's adding, This, that our world, which is chitsonius of the world, it's created from the hay, which is the chitsonius of the osiyos, that comes from the hevel of the leaf. What does that mean? In letters itself. Let's take it another step. In every letter, there's two things to the letter. There is the design of the letter. The concept, the concept of an aleph, the concept of a gimel, the concept of the dal, the shape, the form—it's always called the tsura, the design of it. And then there is the physicality of the letter. Now, the physicality of the letters are all the same in all the letters. It's all breath. How do you create letters of speech? You use breath. Breath comes up from your lungs, comes up from your whatever, from your chest, and it goes into your vocal cords based on the various different uh, movements that happen in the jaw over here, which 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 kind of create the passageway for the ear, obstructing, not obstructing, and as a result of that, the various different letters come out. But it is explained in Hasidus that the essential letters are not something that you're creating up here. Because if you would be creating up here, it would take you at least till you're 15 years old to learn how to talk. Because you would have to be consciously trying to figure out how to move exactly... Everybody would have to be by a speech therapist for at least a couple of- to learn how to pronounce these letters. And al explains in Tanya, no, your Nefesh has these letters has a Gimel and has a dollar because God created the world with these letters and He implanted it into the consciousness of every human being. Because in all languages, they use these primary letters. It's just, it's, they call it different things. It's the same letters. They have the D sound, the Ch sound, or whatever. Slightly different. The la. it's all the same letters. These letters are the or in the Nefesh. And it's only, but, these are ideas. The letters are concepts, ideas. When they translate down into becoming physical when they move into the body and they need to become physical, so then they go into the chest, so to speak, from the nefesh, they pick up the breath, and now the breath comes through. Right? Now, so in the letter then, just like a human being has a guf and a neshama, the letters too have a guf and a neshama. The guf of the letter is the breath. The, the the design of the letter, that's the neshama of the letter. That's the panemius of the so when Chazal say behe nivra olam ha-ba, here's one more secret. What do Chazal mean that behe nivra olam That this world was created with a he? They mean another nakuda. They mean that this world, since this is a world, as we said before, of substance, of material, of, of, of physicality, is external, and everything is. Therefore, from from which level of letter was it created? Not from the nishama of the letters, but from the. From the body of the letter, from the more material aspect of the letter. Which letter represents the idea of material of the letter? Hey, because hey is breath. Every letter has some design to the, to the breath. You take the breath and you like roll it through your tongue or through your thing, and it creates some kind of wave, so to speak, that designed the letter with some design. Hey, you're just taking raw material and putting it out. So when you're saying that this world was created with hey, what are we emphasizing? That this world, because this world is material, it's created from the most material element of God's speech, which is the hey of Hashem's. Olam haba, however, is a world of intellect. It's a world of ideas. It's a world of richness. It's a world of spirituality. So olam haba is created from yud. Yud is what. Yud is already represents the letters, the, the concept of the letters, not so much the physical. There's very little, see, a yud is a tiny letter, there's not too much physicality to it. Not only that, the yud is the beginning of the design of every letter, because every letter has to begin with a point. Oilam haba is related to the yud. Okay? It's Nishamanian. Fine. But yud, Nivra and in a yud, the world to come was created. Ve'olem What is o'olem ha'bo? Ha'yn hu ha'ganeidin shall call o'olem is the ganedin of every world. Ve'nivra beYuda was created with the yudh shuhu lamay l'mo'is he, which is much higher than the letter he. Hu b'chlal hu'inyin That's what I said. In general, it's the idea of ideas. It's moichin. It's, it's 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 a concept. Here you're dealing with the concept of the letters, and here you're dealing with the substance of the letters. Imagine you're going to hear You know what, I want to tell you something. I used to go hear Shiurri Hasidis from a Yid. His name is Rabir El Khan. Okay? I learned a lot of Hasidis by him. I listened to his classes on the phone for a lot. Even sometimes now when I have to give a Tanya class or something, I'll listen to him. Last week I was using his Pirish to explain (laughs) the Maimar Padabishal. He's like the genius in Hasidis, the most unbelievable mind in Hasidis. And uh, he's the one who made the encyclopedia of Hasidis, Sheikh Anyways, He's a Russian coming eh, when he comes. To, uh, he talks, and it's, it, it's. you have to get used to being able? To, he's an unbelievable Balmazber, In other words, he, he 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 can articulate the deepest ideas, phenomenal. But it takes a little while to get used to hearing him because he has a lift, and if and he talks a little, and he has a way of talking. So uh, you can go. I, I sometimes brought people to come hear him. So imagine you go hear this genius, you're hearing the deepest thoughts that are enough to thrill, but someone can sit here and just walk out with, like just getting the, getting the physicality of the way he pronounced the words. And he's, so what do you see? It's the same letters, but this guy is living in Chitzayin Yasa'elamais, and all he hears is, is, is the way he pronounced it, he pronounced like this, or pronounced like that. Or you can hear the content. So God spoke a world. And there's magnificent content, but when we're living in this world, we don't see the content. We only see the the material. We only see the most chitzaiyas of chitzaiyas of it. When we live in this world and look for content, if we if if we get if we get carried away just with the material materialistic elements of this world, then that's our reality. So even when the neshama leaves in the body, leaves the body, if it never looked for, for substance i never looked for content, and all it was. So that's that's. So it's it's mamish bereft of everything, because over there, meaning it doesn't know how it hasn't acquired, and and, and substance it doesn't have. So, so you know what it starts doing? It starts living in imaginary subst, um, um, material, and that's ganem. That's kafakela. That, that it's living with pleasures that don't exist anymore, because it doesn't have the physical body for it. But it's still stuck in it because that was its reality. But if you live in this world and you're looking for content, for inner meaning of life, ah, so then you're looking for the for the Ganaidan. What do I mean, Ganaid? When you're alive, you're living in Ganaid. If you learn come here Thursday night, you're living in Ganaid. You learn see this, deeper, teaches you to think deeper, to look at things deeper. So you're looking for inner content. That's ganaid. And then once the nishama leaves the body, then it's freed from the trappings of the of, because even when we learn about spiritual ideas, we can't help but relate to them through their physical, in their, in a, in, with some physicality, because our minds are still seeing our reality as physical. Once we leave the body, then we can experience the true spiritual content, and that's blissful, that's real, that's true. And that's kinda fine. That's what he's saying, <speaking in Hebrew> That's between the Yud and the Hei. The Hei, breath. The Yud, ideas. Chachma, yud. B'koma come nevertheless pot. Very good. Ulam Abba is what? Is a Yud. Is, is a spiritual Yud, gewaldig. But after all, why are we saying it's a Yud? Because what we're saying is that, that that entire vast, endless experience of Ulam Abba, which you can learn and get more meaning and meaning and meaning and pleasure and meaning, it's all emanating only from one tiny little point that God had kind of separated to be the energy of creation. One little point. That's all it is. Makoma ha-kamarei It's only one dot. A dot from an infinite being. That tells you how nothingness all the worlds are. That's before we do Torah mitzvah. Mitzvahs. Once we learn Torah and Mitzvahs, we draw God Himself in. It's all different story. Creation on its own. Even the Gan Eden experience. Even Olam Haba. Even that, and when I say ganeden I don't mean reward for a mitzvah. Reward for a mitzvah is already related to the mitzvah department. I'm talking about ganeden as Hashem created the Pnimi Yisrael that there should be that world, that's what, it's an akud, it's created from a yud. What Hashem did was, He removed His infinite light, leaves over just one tiny little dot, and from there is where he, the cosmos emanates from. That's all that it is. So in general, these two letters, which are not just different, one is a yud, one is a hey. As we spoke earlier, there is a vast difference between them. Yud represents content. Hey represents material, substance. Nevertheless, whatever it is going to be, both of them are just two letters. Now if you try to, what value does it have two letters compared to the Essence of where these letters come from. Let's give an example. Adam, just like in a way of analogy by a human being, two letters. Two letters don't have any erich in compared to a person's power of speech. A person can talk. How many words can you say? How many words can you say? I mean, how many, I mean by a share like this, how many words do I say? I don't know. One day when, I'm, when I like have a counter. How many words are spoken? A lot of words. But, but and you can go on talking, talking. Now, how many words does a person speak in their lifetime? Pfft, a lot of words. What's the value of two letters that you spoke somewhere in the middle of a conversation and compared to the, all the words that you can speak? Now, the truth is, Saif Kul Saif, it's a certain measure, because I don't know how much, I'm sure they can do an average of what is the average amount of speech that a person speaks in a lifetime. So I'm sure it's, it's, there's some kind of an average, you'll say, whatever, so many words. But that's only because the soul is in a body. But the soul, the power of speech, mitzad and nishama, can go on to speak and speak and speak and speak and speak endless words. So what's the value of two letters compared to the person's ability to speak endless letters? Now, that's if you're evaluating the letters compared to the speech. If you evaluate the two letters of speech to... In comparison to a person's ability to think, thought is so much richer than speech. The letters, the amount of, of concepts. Well, and then, if you evaluate these two letters of speech compared to a person's richness of emotion, and then, because emo- emotion is the backbone of thought, it's what's driving thought, and then, or imagine evaluating the letters, measuring up the letters compared to a person's in- in- intellect. And then compared to the soul itself that's even beyond intellect. Oh, it's nothing. Two letters. Similar to that, the two letters of creation compared to God, which by God, it's all... It's all... way above all of this because we're dealing with Hashem. It's a person who can speak endless words. Compared to the, the power of thought can the for sure compared to the essence of the soul. Adam, and this is even by a human being, Nivra. A human being still has a limitation that he's a creation. So therefore, by him, as great as we'll say the difference is between him and those two letters that he once uttered, and the terms of the terms of valueless valuelessness an insignificance of these two letters compared to a person, so if, so if, there's a certain measured lim, limitation to a human being because he's a creation. How much more so to Hashem? Which is how much more so to Hashem? The Vada definitely, two letters don't have any value at all compared to Him. And this is what it says, Yahalelu ashem Hashem. Kinizgav shemoi They will praise the name of God. Kinizgav shemoi because his name is what? Is Shmoi hu pchenas ha Shemoi, right? So he says, they will praise the name of God ki shemoi So what does that mean? This Pasuk wants to, we say it every day in Davening, you know? we emphasize exactly this idea. How all of creation is all so... Insignificant to Hashem. Shmai, now, nah, because what, what do we say? The power of Hashem's speech is really the power of Malchus. Malchus peh. Malchus is Hashem's mouth. Okay, and Malchus is also called the name. Like we spoke earlier, and we mentioned it earlier. A king, uh, but a person has intellect. Your intellect, your intelligence, is important to you for you be, for you being you. You don't need your intelligence just for other people to uh, re- impress others. Intelligence is, for a, it's part of the quality of who the human being is. He has an intelligence. Emotions are also part of the rich experience of the human being for himself. Emotions relate to others, because you need to have an other to, relate, to have an emotion towards, but it's still it's about your experience, it's your richness of, of the human being. You have kindness, you have love, you have compassion. Yeah, this, is, this is all what makes the inner human being. Malchus, kingship, is the power to rule over someone. The entire, the entire the, its very identity, its very being has no necessity for the person himself, only in, in his relationship to something else. So therefore, Malchus is called... Is the most chitzonius, the most external of power within a human being. And that's why it's called a ray. It's not you, it's like a ray that you have. Also, the king, when he rules over a country, it's his name, it's his renown that spreads, not the substance of the king himself, just his name. So it says over here the, the, the King is associated with name. The shame is not no ge'ya to a person's essence. It's only a, ray, a name of a person. We say, what's your name? Your name... Imagine if you would lose your name. That would kind of be a little frustrating, right? You don't remember your name. What was my name? And let's say there's no one there to remind, to know. Everybody forgets. That would be terrible. Imagine if it happened to Obama. <laughs> Just thinking. That would be interesting. I'm sorry. Gamza He would be very upset. Gamza would b'derech makif. And all of this is only what? Oh, so that's his name. What's the name? The name is what? Only, it's only a ray of you. It's not you. Now, that's the relationship of the person who owns the name to his own name, that his name is not him. Now, when the name goes out of this person and you say, that building, that's this person's. That building is the Trump Tower. See, we'll be fair. That's the Trump Tower, Right? Oh so he has his name on his hotel the Trump hotel okay it's his it's his thing so then what is it so his name is on that his name is on that but the name that's on that is not it's it's named with with his name but the name is not sensed in the building itself okay you'll say well the building is not trying to sense something it? It's called on it. I mean, what he's saying is that the relationship of the name to a thing that's called with the name is that it's in a manner of makif. Makif meaning it's hovering over. It's not in, internal, internalized inside of it. When a king is a king over people and he's their king, also that power hovers above them. I mean, they, they're conscious of it, but it's not like a, an energy that is assimilated into their being, into who they are. When a person's name is called on his house, the al and on his field, the shame, the name is not internalized in the house. The name is not sensed in the house or in the field. You see, but here's my question. Okay, I understand. It's not sensed in the house. It's not sensed in the field. But how about on people? Is the king's name not sensed inside of them? They are. They, they know that this person's subjects. So Lechayr, it is sensed in them. So tell me. The kind of of it is it's makif. Why? Yeah, just like amuna is makif. Just like Amunah is makif even though you feel you're amunah. Yeah, but here he says, Eino Nirgash. Instead of saying, it's not Nirgash. So I understand, on a bias and on a Sada, you can say, Eino Nirgash. But on a people, on the um on the people, it is Nirgash. Nirgash means it's sensed. Right? Okay, I understand. Kamoy kenu But so, that, so here's the thing. What we're saying over here is like this. Hashem's name, which is his, the power through which He creates the world, through His name, through Malchus, through His name, number one, to God, to Hashem, it's only a name, it's only external. To the worlds, that name itself does not become their internal energy. That name is too big for them. It's, it remains, it's like, it's like the name being called on a house. So there's, So what we're having over, what he's trying to explain is, we are doubly removed from God. We're removed from Hashem in two, with two real, what I mean, what i removed I mean, I don't mean removed. When I mean removed, I mean we're insignificant with two levels of insignificance. Number one, we're not touching on anything of the substance of God because we're not being derived, our existence is not being derived from Hashem Himself. It's only being derived from the renown of Hashem, from His name, number one. Number two, even that name hovers above our existence. It's not something that, 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 that is internalized and becomes who we are. It's outside of our experience. So what, what does enter into our existence, to become our power? Array of array, array of his name, something of it trickles down to be internalized within the world. All of this is illustrating how all of creation to Hashem is really, really, really nothing. That's the emphasis. Kamoikelamala, the same is also above. Masha his name is above. That's the meaning. That even his name, which is not him, Nizgov His name is above. Nizgov means above. Levado alone. It does not shine in a panemius. and He this that does shine in a in the worlds. This is only a glow. an array of his name. Like it says, his glow is his glow is al Eretz, not in BeEretz, al Eretz Eshemayim. Or klal, in general, who pchinas chitzayni Only the chitzayni of his name. So pchinas These are the letters, the external part of malchus, because in a melech there's two things: there is the king himself. And then there is the king's words that he is speaking, right? So the chitsainius of Malchus, like it says, and you enliven them all. The word ata, like we spoke earlier, are the letters aleph through Tav. That's the chitsainius of Malchus, and that goes down to illuminate the world. This fits with what we said earlier. Remember we said that Hashem shut the five lights? One of the lights he shot was the light of Malchus itself, Hashem shuts. So all we have is the most external part of Malchus, the chitsonius of it, which goes down to create the worlds. And what's the hay In the word atah, there's an aleph and a tav, but there's also a hey. And the hay are the five organs of speech from where the letters come from. Because there are some letters that come from the tongue, some letters that come from the lips, there are five... The letters are divided into into five categories, depending on which. And this is the life force of all the worlds. Oh, this is creation on its own. We say Yahalalu Hashem Hashem, That his name is really what is above us. It's alone. Even his name is alone. Hodo, only a ray of his name. Al Eretz is on the heaven and earth. And afterwards, what does it say? To his nation, that's all of creation, including the angels and everybody. But to us, his people, he allowed us to touch the substance of his true light, and that's through Torah mitzvahs. Because through Torah mitzvahs, we're grabbing God Himself. Not, we're not. We're not touching his name. We're reaching Karen. Keren means the horn, which horn is is goes is represents the crown, just like a horn is on top of the head. So Keren means the, the Kesser. Kesser is the level of is the Orient Sof itself. Is Kesser. You see, from Chachman onward, where does the Yud? What did we say before? Where does the Ray begin? Where, do, where, where, where does creation begin? We said earlier the creation begins. The, 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 even the Pneumius of all the worlds is only the Yud. The yud is the pnimius, the hey is the chitzonius, the external, fine. What's the yud? The yud in Kabbalah we learn all the time. The yud is chachma. So this tiny little crumb, which is the ray, which is the source of the whole shtalshulos, is only from chachma and onward. But keser, that's beyond chachma, that's prior to the yud, that's the orin sof itself. That's called keren, vayaren keren liyamoi. That his people. That's. That's supposed to get us exciting, excited during davening. That amoy to the Jewish people who Hashem gave Torah and mitzviz, To us, we have access to karen itself. Oh, karen, moira, Karen is also, I'll give you another idea. Karen means crown, because it goes on top of the head. But we also know that in, in halacha, um... The word "Karen" is used for principle when there is when you have um, when you have um, 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 what is it called um, the principal money, and then you have interest or uh, what? So Karen means the the principle of it, and 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 the other thing is more what's added on. So the principle of the divine means God Himself. The rays that are outside of it, so to speak, means. So when you say Vayar and Karen is that where the people are? His people. He connected them to, to Karen, to the very substance, to the principle of his light, not the, not the, uh, not the, um, the dividends, not the external dividends, but the thing itself. Amar to his people, I know Shnish Mas Yisrael Dafka the Jewish souls. A yaday through the Torah and mitzvahs. And we draw down Atmos from the very substance of the Oren Soif. because on the Torah it says, it will be these words. mitzavcha. Anochi means that I myself am commanding you. That's coming from me, not from my renohichiashem alokecha, and I am God your God is the first word by Asaras Adibris. And like it also says in Parsha's Truma. Va Truma. So as i learn out, the Zohar says, the word Truma comes from the word Torah Mem. The Torah that was given to 40 days. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was in heaven 40 days to get the Torah. So the Zohar says, Vayikhu, through Torah Mem, Vayikchuli, you're taking me. When you're taking the Torah, Truma, Torah Mem, Vayikchuli, you're taking me, who I really am. Oisi Atam Loikhem, Me you are taking. Because the Torah and God are completely one. Not godliness. The Torah is not godliness, not raise. Torah is the substance of Hashem Himself. And from the Torah and through the Torah, we draw down from the very substance of God. And the same is also mitzvah That's Torah. That's when we study Torah. Mitzvah observance also connects us to the substance of Hashem. Hinei Tariyag Mitzvah Deir The 613 Biblical Commandments. V'zayin the Rabbonon and 7 Rabbinic Commandments equal 613 and 7, 620, which is the exact comatri of Kesar, which the Zohar says, in addition, Kesar is the crown. But it's, and what's the idea of a mitzvah? So the Zohar says that these 620 mitzvahs are called Tarach Amudei Orr. 620 pillars of light. What's the idea of a pillar? It's explaining a pillar is what connects the roof to the, to the ground. So the mitzvahs connect the roof, which represents the infinite Oirin Sof, and draws it down all the way, all the way, all the way to earth, even more than Torah. Because in Torah, at least, the Torah is, Torah is taking place right up here. Maybe if you're using your mouth, over here. That's to where. It's going. It's not going to your toes. It's not going into the world in a mitzvah. It's mamish, going all the way down into the earth. Their shoresh is in keser, just like a pillar connects the roof with the with the floor. Same as authors, through mitzvahs, Nase is chabrus. Nishmas Israel becomes the attachment of the souls of Israel in with the crown. Which is the essence of the Oyren Soif. And this is what it says after we appreciate and we understand the, the, the silliness, the, the lack of substance, the, the meaninglessness of all of existence compared to God, then we continue and we say, Ah, but we're fortunate and we're lucky. Ha'nis ha'nisma, the souls of Israel, they Torah mitzvahs to Torah mam Mamsichim they draw down me'pchenas roim me'moisak keren from the height, the exalted keren, shu'pchenas akesser, which is the which is the crown. Kamoshe kustoma makamacher is explained elsewhere. Elchein Amar Acha Kach. That's why we say afterwards. Vayareh keren on le'amoil. Um, vayakel le'amoil. Vatihilo no. Vayomkelen keren Vatihilo chazones. Levnei Yisrael am kerovo to the, to the Bnei Yisrael who is close to him. they are close. Hashem Hashem gave us access to the Shem Havaya to the Yudkevavki. The The next piece, I didn't really get what he's it's a little bit hard to understand. The Elokim and we find, I, I, I have a a, 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 a possible explanation. But I'm not sure. In Shem Elokim it says, The Pasuk says, Who is a great nation that has God close to him? So the Chazal say on that, It doesn't say a nation who's close to Elokim, but rather Elokim who's close to the nation. But in our Pasuk, in other words, we're saying that God, who is a nation like you, who has Elokim that's close to him? No one. You, the Jewish people, have an Elohim that's close to Him. That's what it says over there. But over here it says, Levnei Yisrael am Kirovo," that we are close to Him. That means to the Yudkei Vavkei, we are close to Him. So it would seem to imply over here, which bothered me, that he's saying like this, to Elohim no one can come close to Him. If anything, Elohim them elav. Elohim comes down to us. But Shemavaya. What's by Sheh um, um We are Am Kerovo, close to Him. But that doesn't make any sense. If you're close to shema Avaya, Avaya is much higher than Elohim. Then for sure you're close to Elohim. But I think the Indian is, the idea is that... But what's Elohim? Elohim represents God as He's contracting Himself. That's the power of Elohim. Elohim is the contraction. So Elohim is Hashem adapting Himself to the world. Contracting, limiting Himself. So that's why by Elohim we say... That the chiddush of Shem HaVaya is that over here you're experiencing the divine as the divine is, not contract. Ah, and that's the chiddush, that the Jewish people are able to be Mamshech, the Oyer HaKeser, Oyer HaVaya. HaVaya emanates from Keser. The Oyer HaKeser as it is in its source. And we're able to bring it in, an, in, a, in, a, in a non-diluted it's not diminished in as it is bakhore and what was the motion over there am uh, krove that we are able to access the light of avaya because we're close to it um the kanom alib and there you saw am krove shikab khina shema avaya fahem krove love that close to it haynu sham shichen khina shema avaya we're able to draw down shema avaya if we're drawing it, so then it's kreivim aleinu, it's close to us. What does it mean we're close to it? That's the nekudah. It is close to you means that it lowered himself down to come close to you. That means it's diminished. However, you're close to it, meaning it doesn't budge. It is where it is. And you're going up. So when you're taking it, you're taking it as it is. And you're bringing it down. That's the that's what I think. That's what I think he means over here. That we're, that it should shine openly. This is the line. This is only that we can accomplish this through Torah mitzvahs. But the godly energy that's shining in the world on its own, bereft of Torah mitzvahs, without the Torah mitzvahs, before we do Torah mitzvahs. Hurag ziva is only a re, as we said earlier. if this is going to answer the question that we asked at the beginning of the mimer, why doesn't it say ki atom Why does it say ki imcha ekor Now we understand. atom chayim means you are the source of life. That's not true. Hashem, there isn't even a tiny bit of ata of Hashem in the creation. Because the creations are only deriving from a ray of him. So ki imcha, the source of life, is a ray that's cancelled and nothing to you. That's the meaning. The, what? No, but... Yeah, you're right that in atos it means malchus, but... ki imcha hatanugim. The source of Chaim and the source of Tanugim. the that is in the whole the That means all is only a ray, that is tofel and totally nullified to you. And this is what I hear is very Gishmak, This is all philosophy. What's the bottom line? What is the what is the what is the what is the, what is the practical in, in, in inspiration to our lives that we can take from this. If a person has some kind of a taiva, a person experiences some kind of a desire, a want for something, and usually it's, we say a something, unless it's to God, what is it? It's to some pleasure in this world. Something that you're going to have that's going to, you feel like, ah, if I only have this, ah, that's going to enrich my life so much. If I get that, or if I have that a person should contemplate. Why, why, what's the rationale behind this? What am I looking for? prati what, azeh. What's my time I want a little piece of what? Of this world. I want more money. I want to be able to buy this, or I want that. So what do I want already? It's only a little tiny bit of the pleasure of this world. Because sheklol which, 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 the general world, the whole world, all the cosmos, everything that's there is only from the hay. Shu asa kalila, which in the, in the true scope of things, it's the most, it's the least of all letters, and that's the power behind it. The lace by Mashasha doesn't even have substance. And more than that, if you can gobble up the whole hay, at least if you had the keli, if you had, if you had the space within you to at least be able to munch on the entire hay. Oh, that's at least, even that would be nothing. Because it's only a hay, it's less <laughs> mashash. But he says, well, who ain't a but your tithe is not to the whole thing, because you can't, it's ridiculous, you can't have the whole thing. Because you can't fit it into your mouth. It means you can't fit it into your experience. <laughs> Within this world, it's not like you want a whole star. Some people name the star after them, okay. But you want a whole big slice what do you want already you want a house you want this you want that you want to have more clothing more this you want to go on a cruise and enjoy yourself with whatever so what do you have eh, so, so so you you're taking a tiny 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 little sliver of that of this world which is an infinitesimally small piece of the hay which the hay is nothing and imagine spending all your life to get another three infinitesimally small pieces of that hay. It's ridiculous. It's only a tiny little haylik like the world says, the the whole world, you can't take it in. If so, so why should I go chasing after that little? Why should I chase after that little piece of a hay? Which from the to begin with, the hay is nothing. Isn't it better to 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 invest your resources, your energy to pursue divine knowledge? Because then at least you're reaching for the yud, and the yud is so much richer than the hay. You're getting, you're reaching for the yud, and the yud is so much more magnificent. It's the eponemius, it's the inner design of all the letters. So go for the yud, but the Rebbe says the MS isn't truth. That's if you're seeking for what the spiritual, the spirituality of the worlds. You don't want to. You want the Ganidin. You want the. You want to learn. You want to understand the divine. But really, as a Jew, hey, why go for the yud? Go for God Himself, the source of all the letters. When one can contemplate even more. Even that Yud. Which is not the cosmos, it's the super cosmos. But even the Yud, even the super cosmos, is not is the not, doesn't have anything compared to God Himself. And what? And I can have the whole thing. Where? <laughs> this will bring him to a desire. Shayyaimar will say, like the Altar Rebbe used to cry out, Mili Bashamayim, what are you going to offer me of heaven? I don't, I'm not interested in that. The imcha loi You hear the words the imcha? The imcha, the whole the imcha project, which as we said before, what's imcha? makar makarchayim. That whole the imcha loika I don't want the imcha, because I want you. But the person shouldn't want Bishum Gily. Any revelation. <laughs> not the revelations and the pleasures of the lower Ghanaiden. Loy <laughs> the and not even the pleasures of the higher Ghanaiden. <laughs> you want only God Himself. <inaudible> but how can you reach? This is wanting. Go, go, how can You can't. You're living in this world and the world is only derived from a hey. How can you reach it? Ah, is that why they Toy mitzvahs? Through Torah and mitzvahs, you actually mitzvah through this that you learn Torah and you do a mitzvah. you will arrive the to the essence. and you actually draw down the revelation of the essence of Hashem. as we said earlier. based on this, masha Rizal. Now we'll understand. Now this idea, that through Torah and Mitzvot, you're bringing the substance of God into this nether of all existence, it's going to explain, this is the idea of a chasana. This is the idea that in Malchus, you're bringing down the chasana's light, the higher light. This is the Indian of Matan Torah. This is the Indian. Now the whole, this whole concept, to be able to draw down the essence of the divine into this world, is, is, is a project of Matan Torah, but that real project began by Kriyas Yamsuf. Because by Kriyas Yamsuf, God, the Kiddush of Kriyas Yamsuf, as we're going to see, which was even a greater accomplishment than creation. Because creation, Chazal, we pointed out, is considered very easy by Hashem. But Kriyas Yamsuf, Chazal used a term that it was difficult. Kriyas. Kriyasan, why? Because Kriyas Yamsuf was a Hachana for Matan Torah. The real breakthrough happened by Kriyas Yamsov. Matan Toro was just like the manifestation of what broke through by Kriyas Yamsov. Kriyas Yamsov is the attachment of these two realities. Why? Because the main, he's going to explain that the main idea of Kriyas Yamsov is Hafach Yam Basha, taking the sea and turning it into dry land. The sea represents that infinite dimension. Dry land represents the worlds. Making the sea dry land, meaning allowing People who are living in dry land, which means living in this reality of creation, to experience the to sea to see reality. And that's what Hashem bridged together at that time. And that's why Chazal say, that Shidduchim, which is the same idea, is difficult like Kriyas Yamsuf. Because this is this idea, bringing this all together. And the one who really pioneered all of this is Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef is the pioneer for all of this. That's why it says that Kriyas Yamsuf happened in the Zchus of Yosef. Because Yosef is this... Hoi Safa, Yosef is this bridger who bridges it all together. Let's see. Rafiza, you have a Masha, Amar Hazal, based on this one, this time when Hazal say, B'me Medrash Rab. Sha'a Allahim Matrenusa, this Matrenusa, this queen, asked, or this noble woman, asked Rabbi Yosef ben Chalafta, she asked Rabbi Yosef ben Chalafta, how long did it take God to create the world? Amar Leila, she sheyavim. He said, six days it took for Hashem to create the world. So then she asked him a question. What is God doing after? I mean, he was busy for six days, I understand. Six days it took him to do the world. Since then, he must be bored. What is he doing since then? So, so he answered him, Since then, Hashem is busy making shiduchim. That's what he's busy doing. So she asked him, This is what he works. He said to her, If you think it's easy, uh, I want to tell you, it's so hard to bring two people together, it's like, the, it's as hard as splitting the sea. And that's why God is very busy with this. And in the end, she says, let her try. She did it, she had a thousand servants, and this and that, and the next day, they came back, and it was a, a horrible mess. Right? Well, mash and it seems to imply from this, Shakriya yamsu Vadaikasha. Like, even she agreed, she understood, oh, kriya yamsu splitting the sea, that's difficult. This is also difficult. And the, and the difficulty over here is similar to the difficulty of Kriyas Yamsuf. And he connected the idea of a zivuk with Kriyas Yamsuf. We need to understand why does it mean anything is difficult? My God, everything is easy. What does it mean difficult? Why is Kriyas Yamsov so difficult, the splitting of the sea? Why is that so difficult? It seems at first glance creating the world is a greater pelle, it's a greater wonder, why it is a, a bringing into being, creating the world Hashem is creating from nothing to something, he's changing the mechanics within creation itself, it's like someone who created a machine, and then at certain times he's, uh, you know, he's making some kind of an adjustment, so an adjustment is not as it takes it doesn't take as much work as actually making the machine to begin with, especially by Hashem, which makes everything from absolute nothing. So that's a much bigger chiddush. Davar, davar. he makes something from from from, from nothing. yamsov, the, the splitting of the sea. it's something from something. and we see to make something from something. Ashkenaz in Yiddish, to make a something from something that is already in, 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 around in existence. is <inaudible> not such a pele, it's not such a wonder like having nothing and producing something out of nothing. <inaudible> Nevertheless, on the creation of the worlds, we say, <inaudible> Not with toil, and not with exertion, but HaKadosh Baruch did God create his world. All he did was he relaxed, he spoke out two letters, and he created the world. splitting the sea, Who kasha this is difficult. Well, what does that mean? Ach-inyin, you know, the idea is, the main in is, the Yamsu, ha yahof yam liyabasha. Mainly, what happened was, that the sea became dry land, which is what it really means is that Hashem brought the sea reality, we're going to see what that is, and Hashem made that be experienced on the, in the dry world. As we're going to see too, there's two general zones, the aquatic zone and the terrestrial zone, two separate places, and the, 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 these are two realms of reality, and generally the way God set it set up the system, these two don't mix. And by Kriyas Yamsuf, he merged the two together. And as we're going to see, as a result of Torah Mitzvah, that's what we're busy doing. We're busy bringing the sea down into this world. What does it say when Mashiach is going to come? Hashem. The world's going to be, We're going to bring down In-Yabasha, in dry land, we're going to be living like as if we're living in the sea, even though we're living in dry land, we're going to live with that same consciousness like in the sea. This Chibur, this attachment, we're going to see soon, this is Mamash, the theme of this week's parasha too where Yaakov says to the famous blessing of Amalach HaGoyel, which Yaakov says, They should be like fish, even though they're living in the midst of the land, you should be like a fish. To be a fish when you're in when you're in the ocean, it's not a big kunst to be a fish. To be a fish when you're in dry land, that's already a chiddush. That's Moshiach. When Moshiach comes, we're all going to be fish on dry land. Living with the awareness of fish, as we're going to see, which means this idea, bringing Hashem down into this world, which makes us back to return into our source. We're going to see. Now we know that these two worlds parallel each other sea and dry land. The sages say, whatever, there, whatever creature there is on dry land, there is also in the sea. There is a, we have a horse, there's a seahorse, there's a sea lion, there is a, there's a, everything. There's a, every type of creature, there is also in the sea. Ella, what's the difference? The creatures that are in the sea are swallowed up and they're unified with their environment. They are one with their environment, which is the water. They're, sw- they're submerged in it. You don't even see them. When you look. You go to the ocean, you don't see fish. You see, sometimes we saw, in Mexico, we saw dolphins dancing, jumping out. But only a little bit. Generally, it's all just one big body of... The life that's going on in the sea is swarming with life. More life in the sea than there is in dry land. But you don't see anything. All you see is the leaf Because everything is part of one dancing living sea. The sea is alive. Because the creatures that are there are not independent from, their, from the sea. They are one with the sea. The dogim, and that's what we find to, to such a degree, that the fish that leave the sea, the dogim she'parshim in ayam, and, the, and the, the fish that go out of the sea, me'yad me'isim, instantly they die. Nimtz comes out to Iker Kabbalas Chiyuson. When are they makabbled Ercayis? When they're in the water, and then immediately when they leave, Hem they die. They move and they are swallowed and unified with their source. So much so that not only are they submerged, sometimes you're submerged in something else. Here, there's something else. Here's not that you're submerged in something else. They, they become the thing that they're submerged in. Their substance is water. Their identity is the water, not them. They, they almost, they, they not notice that they are the water. Halachically it's that way. There is even, even an opinion. Anything that is created in the water, which would mean if you are wearing you, a person goes to the mikvah, let's say, and they are wearing a, a, a garment, something that is made up of a fish, of a fish hide, of a fish material, there is an opinion, Reb Shimon says, it's not a chatzitza. Usually, you have to make sure in the mikvah that the water touches your, your body. But if you're wearing something from a fish creature, then it's not a chatzitza. Why is it not a chatzitzah? Because the, the fish is water. That's its substance. Because it began to be made in the water, its, its, its definition is water. It doesn't, it doesn't have a, it doesn't become a something. And therefore also another thing is, You don't have to shekht the fish. You just gather them, you take them out of the water, and everything. Which, which tells you that what? that it's not much of a mitziyahs to begin with. When something is a, is a mitziyahs, a substance, so you, something is a, some, a somebody, so it's a procedure to take, to elevate his chaos out of him. But something that l'chatchila from the very beginning is not much of a mitziyahs. So that's why all you have to do is gather him out of the water. so to his above, she'yesh, no, I, I think I want to add a little more Hesbert to this. What does he mean by, by tarim ba'asifa ba'alma? So I think the Nekudah is like this. In general, we know that when you're sh- an animal, in order to make it kosher, you have to do shchitah. And shchit of an animal, you have to shecht it, you have to shacht both simanim. There are two pipes, and you have to go through most of the two pipes. Fine. When you're shechting a bird... It's enough to go through one of the pipes for a shechita of a bird. One simon. You don't need two siman. A fish. You don't have to shech anything. Pull them out of the water is already kosher. So what's the idea? So, the thing is like this: shechita eating. A Jew eats something is to elevate, is to include something in godliness. So, the thing is like this: the lower something is, further away. The more activity you have to do in order to be able to elevate it from its disconnected state into a unified state. So, for an animal, it says you have to you have to you have to go through you have to shecht both Simad, because he's so entrenched the animal in being of somebody. So, in order to include him in godliness into the achdos into the unity of Hashem, it requires a disruption of two parts of his being. You have to disconnect him from. From his metzias in two with two, with two stages, a bird is a more edel. It's a creature that flies in heaven. It's not such a metzias. It's and birds were created actually. Animals were created from earth. Birds, it says, were created from mud from rakak, which Chazal say means which means a uh, rekak is, is 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 mud, which is water and earth mixed together. Oh, which means that the birds have a certain closer to water which water we say before, what's the mile of water, anything that comes from water is one with the water. So therefore, it it's not such an identity. So all it needs is one simmon in order for for you to pull it out of its disconnected state and bring it to unification. A fish doesn't need anything just to pick it up and it's right away ready to become included in godliness because it never was. See, the symbol of unholiness is the more something is Self-aware, self-absorbed into its own own metzias. The more we are unified with with all of existence, which ultimately means with with Hashem, which is this power of everything, unified, with the more holier we are to begin with. So the lowest type of being is an animal. Higher than that is a bird, and higher than that is a fish. That's why we also know that the fish didn't sin by the mabel. They never became corrupted in that sense because they're in a higher in a higher level because they're one. With their with their source, that's what I think he means when he says over here, Vinitarim, They become permissible basifa ba'alma by just gathering them in. That's the infant, that's the idea because the lechatchila creatures of alma discasia. So it doesn't take much to connect them to the eibister. Now, this concept of water also exists as a mushal for a spiritual realm called water. The spiritual worlds are called ocean. And they're called not just the spiritual worlds, the higher spiritual worlds. The high that there are creatures, Shayash Nishamis, there are souls, um And he's going to now make an interesting distinction. He's going to say amongst Nishamis, generally we would think all Nishamas are holy. True. But in Nishamas, there are mainly two categories. There are Nishamis that are sea creatures and those are very, very high nishamas and then there are nishamas that are called land creatures to be more ge- to generalize we will say like this the body is a land creature and the soul is always a, a sea creature because the soul is very aware of God so it's one with its source however, in souls itself there are two types of souls there are very, very spiritual high, high nishamas whose spiritual capacity is very, very high, and their consciousness of Hashem is very strong, to the point that they have no identity. They're in a state of total bittal to the Ebeshter all along. Like I told the story last week during the Kiddush, that the, the um, what was his name, um, the Ruziner once um, was saying Tachnon, and the halach is that you're not supposed to say Tachnon when you don't have, you don't fall down on your hand when you don't have a Sefer attire you can say tachnun, but you don't do nefila sapai. So he was in the field davening, and he said tachnun and he, without without the sefer Torah. So they asked him. So the reason, first of all, explain like this: that when you're saying tachnun, tachnun is called nefila, because what's happening is that tzaddik, or really ameikulam tzaddikim, but real meaning of nefilas is the tzaddik dives down to a very dark place during during tachnun to elevate the sparks of holiness that are in a very low place mainly to pick up souls that have gotten fablonjet, souls that have gotten very dark. And that's why Nefila Sapaim is called Misa. It's a form of death. Because they're jumping down very low. The problem is when you go down in a very dull place, there's always a danger that you won't be able to come back up. So therefore you need a sefer Torah, because sefer Torah is called Eitz Chaim So when you have a sefer Torah in the shul, so even though you're going down to that very dark place, you have something to hold on to. The Rujan has said, there are tzaddikim who they themselves are like a sefer Torah. Because the tzaddik is called Eitz, And they don't need the sefer Torah to hold on to. They themselves are the sefer Torah. And then he went down to, and then in the bottom of the sefer, it, it adds that some, that according to one version of the story, he concluded and he said like this, all of the Torah is included in the Yud Kevavke, All of the Torah. And all of the Yud Kevavke is included in the Yud. And all of the Yud is included in the Kutze Shal Yud. And I am the kutse Shal Yud quite a statement so when tzaddikim like that who never left they're, they're just one with that orange they're, soul they're, they're identityless and because they're so identityless that's what they can say on themselves things like that because they, they, when they sing about themselves it's not about themselves because they're not they're not a messiahs so these big big and holy people so these are the shamas complete different kind of souls they're souls they're the fish souls that's why we have in the Zohar we had people that were called fish Revham Nuna Nuna means a fish and his name was Rabbi Nunan. he's one of the biggest sages of the Zohar, of the greatest mystics. Okay? As he brings over here, there are nishamis and there are angels, they're called the fish. Like the nisham of Moshe, Rabbein. How do you know Moshe was a fish? Because when he's called Moshe because she drew him out of the water. She says, in this there's nothing just technically. Oh, okay, made a decree, so she went and you put him in the water. <laughs> Why did he end up in the water? It's because his neshama comes from the water. The nishmas of Rebbe Mnuna Saba, and Rebbe Mnuna Saba, he's called fish. Sh'nikra Raham m al By the way, the, the Alter Rebbe said that this, his son, the Mittler Rebbe, has the neshama of Rebbe Mnuna Saba. That's why the Mittler Rebbe was such a said Chasidis more than all the other rabbis. Mean, he was like, Because he was either Nishama of Rebbe Mnuna Saba, which was fish. Mystical secrets of the Torah. This was his... This was his playground like he lived in the ocean. UbKhalal in general the Indian Ashamas Tatilus in general it's all the Nishamas of atzilus. Shamohusum kumohus elekus the substance they're divine. Just like a fish is one with the water. Udvekamum yeghaldem elekus there's no they're dvek they're dovok they're attached and totally unified with god. Vagam even those shaba emes afilunishamas de bia hamgamke elekus the rebel shop is right we're making you the same Truth is, we know every nishama is divine. Because every nishamah is also a lakus, the kalim da because the nishamas come from the kalim of atzilus that manifest down in the lower worlds. Atzilus is a world that's not yet a creation. Atzilus is the world of emanation. It's still emanations of Hashem. Even the kalim of atzilus are, are a lakus. The have afresh, which this is the difference, be nevraim dibiyah between creations of Biyah, Biyah meaning Bria, yitzira Asiyah, creations including malachim, whatever, all creatures of Biyah, they're very different than Nishames. To the of Bria, we know there are Nishames in each world. Nishames of atzilus, Bria, yitzira and Asiyah. He's saying even within the world of Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiyah, which is already creation, there's a major distinction between the neshamis of those worlds and everything else in those worlds. What's the difference? The difference is as follows: <speaking in Hebrew> Even though they too, who they too, the creatures, not the neshamis, the creatures of bria and Asiyah. a tree, for instance, a tree, it's me- that too. Is receiving vitality from God, there's an energy of Hashem in it, or else it couldn't exist. Yet, we have to distinguish the tree is not the vitality, the vitality and the energy of, of God is creating something from nothing, it's creating a tree. So, the tree and the energy are two things. It's only that we explained so many times in Hasidus, without that energy, the tree doesn't even exist for a millisecond. And because of that, the true existence of the tree is the energy. But that's only the true existence of the tree. But the tree itself is, is, is a substance that's not Hashem. It once wasn't here, and now it came into being. The word of God is saying, "Be a tree, be a tree, be a tree." Every second, giving it its existence. The tree, the wood is not is not is not elokus. Elokus is creating the tree. An is different. By an eshamah, Godliness itself became the soul, becomes the soul. The, the neshama is a flow of godly energy that now translates into being a soul. Not it creates a soul. It is the soul. Uh, it's not that the ayin, ayin is what we refer to as the divine energy. It's not like the iron because we don't understand what it is. It's not like the iron itself becomes the tree. El It enlivens and it beings, it creates the yesh. the tree, the 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 rock, the stone, even the angel, whatever it is. It's an entity created by a chayas which isn't the case by neshamis. Ha'ayin gufa nasa With the ayin itself in Chassidus, there's another expression not over here. What's a neshama? Eloikus shenasa nivra. Hear these words? Not Eloikus creating a nivra. Not Eloikus making a nivra. Not Eloikus boy a nivra. Eloikus. Nasa nivra, the elokus itself. Nasa becomes a creation, the divi, divine energy itself. Somewhere, like evolves, divine energy itself evolves into a created being, which is a neshama. Elchei nikra elokus. That's why neshamas are called divine. <speaking in Hebrew> ah. So then, why are we saying? But we're saying now. What is he making a distinction? He's saying, but amongst Nishamis, the are Nishamis of Atilus, where those Nishamis are pure, totally one with God. Hold it, isn't every Nishamah? but what's the difference? The difference is what we just said. In other Nishamas, the Nishamis, the the, 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 the the godliness becomes a creation. And once it becomes a creation, meaning it once it lowers itself down into a certain state where it starts experiencing itself as something other than God. As we're soon gonna see, it can experience itself so much like other than God, it can even engage in a sin. The neshama. It can even go along and be persuaded to sin, go against God's will, even though its substance is nothing other than Hashem becoming, so to speak, a soul. But once it becomes something, because you know what happens? It goes as this energy is ascending to become the neshama, to become a neshama, it passes through a very, very, very strong, powerful cloud, a powerful filter. And once it's, it's been fed through that filter, as it comes out on the other side, it forgets, it forgets, it like forgot its, its origins. Obviously the neshama is still very conscious of God, but it's like metamorphosized into a whole different entity even though it's still the same substance. It, so by all other creations, the godly energy comes through the filter, and then it creates a creation. Here, it becomes a neshama. But yet, it becomes a creature that has an identity of itself. Not so these nishamas. There are neshamas that come through all the filters and they don't change. And they remain in the consciousness as they are in Atzila's, and therefore, they're totally one with the Einzoth. And those are the fish, Nishamas. Are those Nishamas that never separated. Therefore, those Nishamas can't sin. They can't. I ah, even though sometimes a person could have a Nishama of Atzilas, And not necessarily everybody that has a Nishama of Atzilas are people that never sin. But it says an interesting thing. Those people that carry a Nishama of Atzilas, when they sin, the Nishama departs from them. The neshama didn't participate in the sin. Ah, if so, how do they live? Maybe from the Nefesh Ruach, or some other, from their Nefesh Bahamas. I'm not exactly sure. See, by a regular person, who is not a neshama Vatzilas, the neshama gets so swallowed up by the body, till it starts identifying with the body, still it starts identifying with the pleasures of the body, and it can kind of go along with the idea of doing a sin, and it can participate in it. Because it has become a some. An eye, and the eye says, Hmm, that looks like fun, but that looks like pleasure. I might as well check that out. And the Nishama itself can get pulled in. That's why when the Nishama leaves the body, it needs to go to therapy for a long time sometimes to like undo the damage because it because it went along, because it became so so alienated from what it really is. But not so Nishama Savatilas. Let's read it over here. Makalmuk, um, I mean, he says, Their substance, conscious substance, is not a their, their, their nucleus, their essence is divine, but they're not experiencing. Like the Parsa. because when they come down, they come down through the concealment and the obscurity of the parsa. Um of the parsa They come down and they become a yesh to the point where they become unified with the body, the abahamis, and they become unified with the animal soul. Two things you know he's gonna say interesting thing on the shama of Biyah of here in Siranasiya a lower nishama, since they become a created entity, even when they're in a shama up there, they become already a created entity. When they go down in a body, I spoke already before An extreme, they can participate in sin. But even before that, they become unified with the body. They become like a body existence. They identify with the body. And they become like, it and the body become totally one. And then, once you become one with the body, a body can sin, so you can also sin. Chas v'shal. The neshamas of when they come down in a body, never ever identify. They always remain neshama. They never like become one with body. Let's see read it over here. and they can go so far, The nefeshul ikis is enlivening the body, not just the nefeshul bahamas. And that means they're participating with the sin. Because if the goof is doing an avera, and who's giving it its chayos? The, nefesh the kiss. So the, nefesh the kiss is now kind of going along with the sin. Even though they're enclosed in the body, hear these words. They never become unified with the body. They're like their body is like a garment to them. And that's why like people like the Baal Shem Tov, you have stu- they can t- they can undress themselves from the body. What's the idea that a tzaddik makes Ali asilam says he, he, he says tells his body, you know what? You're like my garments, stay down here and I'm going up there. Cuz they're not they and their body don't become totally one. They can and that's why they can mamish all the time experience out of body experiences because they and their body have never really unified. <laughs> That's why they're not shayich, the level of neshama, because it hasn't yet, k'moshikos, they not shayich to a sin, because they're all a kuz. k'moshikos ha ve'nefesh rakadosh, ki tava, the Zohar wonders, a, a soul will sin. But it looks like he's saying that, that that wonder of the Zohar, that a soul should sin, is only on a soul of atsilas k'moshikos ha makamach, ha she at the time of a sin, n'estalek ha nefesh men haguf, the nefesh went away from the guf. The Alter Rebbe says in Agariz HaKodesh that that's only by the big tzaddikim. He says that those big tzaddikim were neshames from Matzilas. They're b'sha'as and neshames. Avon neshames de'biyah but neshames of bri yitzir and asiyah ha'mesiyachtim in ma'guf the is becoming unified with the body. The nisrach. Nisrach means they get a sircha. They get wounded. A sircha is like in, in, in the laws of Kashrus um after you checked an animal, you have to check the lungs. When you check the lungs, sometimes there was a puncture of the lung. And um, so if there's a hole in the lung, the animal's a trafer. But sometimes what, what do we mean when we say glot? What does glot mean? Because a lot of times when there's a sircha, there's a hole in the lung, a little a little a little membrane, a little skin grows on top and closes it. What is it called? It's like a membrane that covers it up. Now, if, now there's a lot of halachis, but so when that's considered a good cover, and it's not a tref anymore. The animal's not a tref. Glat means that you, when you check the lung, there is no sircha at all. The moment you, you see a sircha, you, you don't use it anymore. Because, because once you're using sirchas, you're getting into this... Co- you can be kosher without glat. Glat means that you're, mimachmer, that you're you're not dealing with any sircha. That's the meaning of sircha. So here he's saying that the nisham is nisrach, this is what it means when the lung gets a, gets a, and the spiritual meaning is that there is a, 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 a things from the body attach itself onto the neshama. from the sins of nefesh. And that's why when the nefesh goes out of the body, you wonder if the neshama never participated in any sins. Why does the neshama needs cleaning? The body needs to be cleaned. What's the neshama? And the answer is when the nefesh goes out of the guf, It needs some. It needs. A, it needs. That's what I said before. It needs to go to therapy to get to cleanse itself and recover itself. It's to go to a recovery program. As stated elsewhere, that is because what what causes the neshama to become so? If it's God, if it's if it's a lokus, if it's Hashem Himself, a piece of God that has become a neshama. The answer is, it went through that fog, and that fog knocked its memory out to the point that it gave it a different identity. Now it's a creation; it's a holy creation, but it's a creation. It's no more; it's not really a creation, but it experiences itself as a new entity, as a new being, as a creation. they are divine. Zel The emesis, that Rebbe says, if you if you say I understand this. This is, really, this is really something that you shouldn't understand. It doesn't make any sense. How God, a piece of Him, that's still Him, can translate itself. See, a creation is understandable. Hashem creates something. Okay, He can do things. But that He should be able to become somebody. And, and, and entering... And, and but, but if He becomes somebody, He becomes limited. But it's still Him. That, these two things don't make any sense. So for an Hashemah to be born... Is a pe- is a pella. That's why it says zoyar and in Zohar it says, Shaleda Sanasham is the birth of souls who inyan koishia requires labor pains. Because for this transition to happen from a from a a a a, uh, a being that's one with God to to become so so confused, so to speak, to become an entity that's not Hashem, no that's a that's that that, that, that that's a wonder. After everything is said and done, Their substance is not divine. which is in the case of neshamas of atzilus. means their actual consciousness when they're down here in a body, They are a mohus of the divine. Udvukim they are attached. Umiyuchadim and they are unified b'makayram in their source. And that's why there is nothing in their lives that they do that's not godly. Everything is godly. They eat, it's godly. They, 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 whatever they're doing, there's no physical. Fiz- everything is just pure godly. Like the fish that are in the sea, and they're unified in their source. Their entire substance is the substance of water. We turn over the page. The same is also all the nishamas of Atzilus, their entire substance is divine. So that's Atsilus. In general, that's what we mean, creatures of the sea. Who in In general, that's the nishamas of the concealed world. They're living still one with Hashem, and fine. Ma Ivram which isn't the case of creatures of the land. Now let's analyze land land mammals, land creatures. Land creatures also have an environment that gives them life. What's the environment that gives life to land creatures? Earth. We know that we actually live off the earth. Food, where do we get? From the earth. But not only food do we get from the earth. We get oxygen from the earth. So we can't live just like the land creatures can't live without the water, the sea creatures Can't live without the water. We can't live without the earth. Yet, we don't live submerged in our source. We live above and outside our source. and We can even forget that we owe all our life to the earth. Because we're a boat. We feel. We have like this sense of independence. Even though they too receive life from the earth. You can get on a plane. You can fly. And you can go, 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 go on a boat. On the water, away from the earth. And at that very time, But it's not obvious. At that very time, you're receiving sustenance from the earth, but it's not obvious. The same as also above. There's the shamas of the revealed world. Even though they too are receiving Chayos, they're receiving life, from the Or, from the light and godly, godly power. Yes. They look like they are a Matthias of something. The they're a thing unto them own. what does that mean? The nivra, the creature doesn't sense its godly, its godly vitality. Even a human being. That means, yeah. So, so how does that translate? Just like are land creatures, where the, where the relationship between a creature and land is that he's not receiving. He's receiving his sustenance, but he doesn't realize it's not such an obvious connection. So too, all the creatures that are living in the, in the revealed world, which means the nishamas that are called Nishamas of Bria, and of course bodies, and down here in this world, we live, how do we, how do we relate to Hashem, even though we receive life from Hashem all the time? How do we relate to Him? Like we are alive. I have my life. I know, of course, everybody knows. Rosh Hashanah, we cry, we daven. in Hashem, give me life, give me this. And every day we hopefully remind, remember that Hashem somehow is related to our life, but we still feel very much like our lives are our lives, and we have control of our lives and this. Shafil, he says, even the human being, forget about it, animals for sure. An animal is not aware of God, he's aware of himself. But even a human being that has seichon, and therefore can come to a conclusion that there must be a God, a superpower, creator, who creates us all, and takes care of us. Even the human being who is the choiciest of all creatures. That the power was given to him to apprehend, and not just to apprehend, but even to feel. The godly power, makoma, atsuma. Nevertheless, the human being needs to toil and to exert himself to feel that creative life force. It doesn't come naturally. It's not like fish in the water. Naturally, it's obvious. Those high neshamis, it's obvious to them. Like they wake a, a, a tzaddik, he wakes up, he's born, and right away, he gets a little old. I mean, he, he's a weird. Avram Avinu was right away discovered Hashem, and it was obvious to him. And so these, these neshamas, they see Hashem in everything. Because, but, 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 but other people, normal people, uh, unless we work very hard, we keep on forgetting. And even when we learn, we forget again. And then we get all anxiety and we get nervous when we get a problem as if something is going to happen. Because we forget that. What do you mean? Well, you're nervous. I mean, <laughs> you have have the Abish, that are taking care of you you need a lot of toil because we're living in such blindness because the concealment is so great to the the person can come up with such an amazing uh, so it's such a ridiculous claim that the power and the strength of my own hand has made me all this wealth I'm doing well I'm being sustained because I'm a Chacham, and I'm a this and I'm a that. Sheh that's the truth, is that it says, Ki The Eibishter gives you koyach for every breath. Hashem gives you every penny. Hashem gives you every thought that you thought of making a business deal. That very thought God threw into your head. And the people to meet in order to be able to, to, to execute that business that you wanted to do, and all the tools and all that, too came from the Abishta. So everything, every penny, you, everything you have is directly from God. But the person doesn't think, the person attributes it to his own ego, to his own to his own self, becomes a big... First of all, he says, the very fact that you have, you're doing business. You need strength. You need, you need mental strength, emotional strength, and physical strength. Where is that coming from? Forget about getting into the details that God threw the thought into your head. Just the bottom, the, the, the very physical strength that you need, to do, your body can't do that. It needs your soul, and who's the power of your soul? God is the power of your soul. Power of the body too. The gashmi, the gashmi, A physical body can't do anything. You have to say, it's a godly power that God gave you invigorated strength. But here is another thing. Earlier I said that Hashem is the one who throws the thoughts into your head to do so and to do so and then you make money. But the t- MSC is this even goes much deeper than that. If a person does an honest, an honest reckoning, an honest uh, chesh ben anafish, an honest accounting, he will realize that most of the time the sustenance that he gets and parnasa that he gets, it's harder when you have, It's I, I'm going to admit to this, it's harder when you have a nine to five job and you have an employer that pays you and you, and they make a direct deposit in your bank. Arachmanis <laughs> on these people. Why? Then it's for sure hard to feel Hashem when you live in our boat over here in Mayan and Yisrael or people that have to. Then it's, yeah, it's obvious. It's so obvious. It's like not, not normal. When you're living in a bichlal, a businessman, it says, has much more experience of this. Why? Because half the time you're planning so and so, and the monies you make are from random encounters that, you ha, that happen to happen while you're running around chasing after your tail, or chasing after doing this and that. And usually the monies come from complete different avenues, which you didn't even think of. And that's where they come from. And you see that the eibishter is the one turning and making and doing it. We see literally. A person makes many skimming. And many deals like trying to put names into that crazy thing. And then you try and then you lose it. And then we had a crazy story today in the office. Garnished all that hours of work. It doesn't do anything. The and in the areas where you did not scheme and you didn't make any preparation,. Somehow this thing happens to you, Umar and you make a ton of money. It had nothing to do. So what do you see clearly? The not only did it thing you come to it, Memela, Shahadavar, the thing came to you. you didn't even have to go to it. It came to you, something fell into your lap. That's what happens. So if you want to keep your mind open and keep yourself and be aware of this, then you see it all the time. So you know that there's someone, not just that the Abister once in a while thinks of you. That he is everything, he's the entire life, every step he's there When a person takes some time and meditates about this, First of all, me, my body, can't do anything this than anything that I've accomplished, because God is giving me power, but then you can still make a mistake, good God gives me power, but I'm a smart guy, and I know how to use the power, so I, true, Hashem gave me power, but, but, but he knew who to give the power to, he gave it to a wise fellow like me, who's able to do it, someone will contemplate and see, Ech shelopo'amim, how sometimes, with all of your scheming, you invest yourself in something, and the whole thing, nothing, you haven't earned a drop in that. V'dafka and dafka without the scheming, Marviah, without all the doing and the making, the parnasa comes from a complete different angle. Hare you get to see clearly, shaloi hu hu oisa that you're not the one that's doing it, Hashem, <speaking in Hebrew> the blessing of God is the one that makes you wealthy. <speaking in Hebrew> However, you have to be a little refined to see that. Because you can live your whole life and totally ignore this. And not be aware and still convince yourself that you're the whole machar and the doer of everything. <speaking in Hebrew> a person needs to be a little idle. A little refined. You have to have a little bit of refinement. Then you can sense. Then you can see and sense. Oh, Hashem did this. You see Hashkacha Pratis. Because your eyes are open to see it. You're looking for it. But the concealment is so great. Until he doesn't feel it at all what it says. So now it seems like he's slamming the people that are living in this darkness, and they're confused. But he says, no, 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 but you should know that the concealment itself is also God. So his is real good. Not only the light is Hashem, but even the confusion, that's also Hashem. No, but hold on, what's the purpose of that? That's not. Ah, because Hashem wants you to, 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 to fall into that dark whirl, whirlpool and to spin a couple of times. And then suddenly all he wants is that you should turn around and unspin yourself. Maybe you just, maybe you spin, maybe you did 30 spins and you wrapped yourself in this rope like of ego, of self, 30 times. And all you managed to do one time by domining by minch is you opened your mind a little bit and said, Atah la la'adam das, Baruch you're the one who gives me parnasa. Maybe you did it once in three weeks and you unspun maybe just a half a rope. Oh, but that is more pleasurable than the neshama of Atsilas. Because the neshama of Atsilas is not living in darkness. So there's no kunst, there's no, there's no chiddush, there's no novelty in the fact that he's serving God. The person who's in such confusion, fusion, and yet in the midst of that confusion, he, he, he utters a, a half a word of davening that acknowledges God. That creates a pleasure above because from the midst of the darkness comes recognition of that's, that's the great thing you're the one who's considered the power of hiding, is also Hashem. Meaning the world itself, even though the to created a world that conceals, the world itself doesn't have the power to make such concealment. It's Hashem who orchestrates things continuously to make it look like He adds to the concealment. Hashem is adding Mistater, he's adding Hester. Those concealments, those extra blockages, they come from a very high place to create an Esayayin, to create a test. And through a person's avoda down here. in the concealment. yisrain he comes to an added quality, like the advantage of light that comes from darkness. Added light. That means it gets brighter. Reishis. And why? He says, zel chidish, Yaser. Number one, there's a bigger, what's the greatness of this light? Number one, there is more chidish. This, this is a Chiddush means it's a novelty. There's something to get excited about. Kamoyal Deruch he gives the example, just like a parrot. And he says, Belashen Ashkenaz, guy. Ah, you never, no one over here heard Papa Guy. But when I was a kid, Chab heard Papa Guy. It's a shame. Someone must have heard Papa Guy. It's one of the words I remember from a kid that like only like, a real Yiddish guy would say like Papa Guy. Papa Guy is a parrot. So he went to the zoo and we went with our cheder and Belza cheder to the zoo and he's, oh, that is the Papa Guy. That's such a good word, Papa Guy. I'm sorry. Pimps and papagai. and papa guy. These are the two words I remember from Cheda. Anyways, papa It's nice to find it in a mimer. Papa guy, oh, I am gonna have to say it a few more times because I'm just enjoying it. I'm sorry. I'm delight. I'm, I'm. I'm deriving great pleasure now from papa guy in the mimer. Papa guy. Anyways, what does it mean? It means a parrot. The parrot copies you, right? Whatever you say, it copies. Oh, so what do you do? They bring this for a gift to a king. For a king, they bring a parrot. Why does the king enjoy it? What is the parrot going to say? Give me a cracker. And that's like what? Because it's exciting, because it's a parrot, it's a bird talking. Now a human being can say... much better speech. A human being can do, speak fine poetry. But even a poet coming before the king... Is not will not excite him as much as the parrot. Actually, when you bring him a parrot and you do something like interesting or funny, the king is interested into what you have to say, and then later you can ask the king for what you need in the king. A person speaks more far better than him, and he speaks with intellect, which isn't the true case about a bird that I it doesn't have any. Seichel. And he accepts it as a gift, because it's a chiddush. The same is also a person's avoda down here. In the concealment, that nevertheless he's still working, this is a great novelty and this is exciting. Then another thing. Then he adds something else, that was a chiddush for me in the mimer. And I was struggling before with the meaning of it, but I think this is what it means. Let's first read with the words: as. When you're living in the world of physicality, in the world of concealment, when you get that God is your God and that God is real, then to a certain degree you get it much better than when you're living in a world that's not a matzi, it's not of substance. How is that possible? That means that ultimately a neshama in the guf can have a certain sense of the truth of God more than the neshama that's not in a goof in the higher worlds. Even though up there you have clear vision, and over here you have very, very blurry, and very, very, very concealment, concealment that even when you see it's very blurry, but there's something special about the physical world and that is we're living in a world, in, in a reality where, where something is a something. So when you experience God, when you discover him in the physical world, then God is a something. As opposed to up there where, where nothing, but you can't grasp anything. So a up there is, so they know there, and they're bottled to him. But you know that the that Eibishter the is the one who you were in trouble and you didn't know what to do, and you had a problem, and you have no idea how you're going to take care of that financial whatever, and then something happened, and a miracle happened, and you saw that Hashem Mamish. you saw Hashem in physical garments. And that awareness has such substance and concreteness that you don't have up there. Because up there everything is abstract. And and here there is a... So that's a Mila. It's interesting. Let's see the word. Um, you see godliness literally. since there's no mitzius, abushter always remains what the nothing. And Elikos got in at the Abister is called iron, nothingness. But over here, when you experience God in this world through some kind of an ashkacha the Eibister is not a nothing. He's very much somebody and something. You see him in such a concrete, real way. over here, The thing is more absorbed. The nimtza comes out. She es There is a quality in the Nishamas up there because they. Their general consciousness is much purer. Their identity lists. They're so one with their source. Which isn't the case in the revealed world. Over here we have egos. We have a sense of independence and of self. We keep on recognizing Hashem is real and we keep on bending our will for His will. We keep on so that's called bitl hayash. I am me, but I know there is a power bigger than me. So it's a much lesser bitl. It's only called, it's a bitl hayash. It's a, I'm a somebody, but I'm surrendering, as opposed to being nullified that you don't exist at all. The yesh and now he adds in the parentheses. Um Let's understand something. We're saying that the neshamis that are in Almadiz Galia, they only have bitl hayash. So he wants to differentiate and he wants to say the nishama on its own can have bitul b'metzias can have a much deeper bittle. a bittle where you're total but since the neshama has come in a body the body creates such a sense of, of, of existence of beingness of material being it, 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 it diminishes the neshama's ability also to have a pure real bitul. Like we spoke earlier how the neshama is affected by the body the nefesh mitzad atzma neshama on its own yochel lagiya lepchenes really could come to a state of bitl b'mitzis even the lower neshamas kemoi neshamas tatzilas like the neshamas of atzilas elohem itzad and nefesh bahamis because of the guf and the animal soul they create the the limitation that we only be able to have bittel ayesh v'chein he says in general ba'avoy de betayro mitzvus. The avod of Torah and mitzvahs is more the avod of bittul hayash, not bitl What do I mean by that? What does he mean? The general, when I'm doing a mitzvah, I'm not coming to a state of I don't exist right now. I, I, most of the performance of a mitzvah is I got to do this mitzvah. Sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm lazy. I'm pushing myself. I'm nullifying myself. I'm not living in that transcendental state where, ooh, wow, right now I cease to exist. My limbs and my bodies are just channeling God. This is not happening to most people most of the time. Okay? Because most of the Avodin, Torah, Mitzvahs in this world is in a state of I'm going out of my way to do God's will. I am somebody but I'm doing God's will. Now that's in this world. That's why we know that for instance Rav Shimon Ba Yochai, who was a fish lived for 13 years in a, in a cave and when he lived in the cave, him and his son for thirteen years, they didn't do any Torah and mitzvahs because they didn't have the physical means to do it. They didn't have an esro, they didn't have a chanukah menorah, they didn't have—they just didn't have it. So what did they do? So it says that they were able to do all the mitzvahs through mystif- mystical unifications. And the Alter Rebbe explained that's what a fish does—they swim from one end of the way they can swim in the, but they couldn't. They, they didn't why? Because they have bitul b'mitzvahs—they're nullified completely. They, they don't need the physical doing of the mitzvah. And there's a quality to that. Most of our mitzvahs in this world, the experience of a neshama in this world, first of all, it's bitl, is most bitl, not because of a neshama, but because of the body. It's bitl is bitl hayash, And the avod and Torah mitzvahs in general is an avoda of bitl hayash. Avol and the alma But the neshamis and the malachim of the concealed world, is bitl b'mitzias. This is totally bottle. So let's give that to them. He's, he's trying to show the qualities of both, both worlds. They have deeper bittle. They, they are totally nullified to God. But, but there, there is a chisar, and he says in the parentheses, you see, as, as high quality that that is, it's mainly natural to them. It doesn't come through work. <inaudible> this is their problem, meaning, <inaudible> No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I totally read it wrong last time. And now when I was preparing it, and I read the mime two times, I, I didn't get what he's saying yet, but now it occurred to me. Not, I, I, I totally missed it. Now, Elishebizam, Nevdallim. The little bit of something that they do have. You say that they are, if they're living in Atzilas, so why are we calling them beings of Atzilas? What makes them a being? They're just Atzilas. So if they have to have some, some identity, what's their identity? The identity is so much that they sense their life. The very idea that they're conscious of life flowing in them, that, that makes them separated from Atsilus because the, because Atsilus itself has no consciousness of even the life flowing in them. They're margish the life that's flowing in them. It's like the fish sense the water. The water doesn't sense the water. The water just is water. The fish feels the water. Even though it feels the water and knows it's water, it's says life. That's, this makes them nivdal They feel that they have life. But what do they feel? They feel godly life. And that's their life. And that's why the malach says, malachim, not all malachim, but the higher types of malachim, these malachim can say what? They can speak as if they're God. We find malachim speaking as if they're God. How can they speak as if they're God? Because as we said before, the Rushan has said, I am the thorn of the Yod. Same idea. Malachim can say, I swear, says God. You swear? Yeah, no, Why? Because the malach is what? <clears throat> the malach is just a conduit. That's all he is. How can the Malach say, so says God? These are these high quality Malachim of Atsilas. They're totally butl. Therefore, they can say so. Oi, or he says, or even the lower Malachim of Briyatir and Asiyah, at the time that he's being sent on a mission. You see, Nishamas of Atsilas are in a constant state of this bittle. They don't have to be on a mission. They are a program that they're not a Metzies. Mal- Malachim of the lower three worlds are already created entities. But at the time that they're being sent, at that time they have bitl greater. They have more bitl because now they're acting not for themselves, but for Hashem. So at this moment they have bigger bitl. So they're now, shu Bebchenaz Bittal Ela then they're in a state of Bittu to their sender. They're not considered to be something onto their own. That's Nisham is, I'm sorry. That's nishamis and Malachim of atzilus and Malachim of Bri, Yitzir, and Asiyah, while they're doing ashlichas Moshe Rabbeinu was even a bigger Kiddush. He was a Nishama that's in a body. And even while he was in a body, he can speak as if he's God. I'm going, to give it, I'm, I'm going to give you rain. I'm going to give you rain, yeah, because Moshe is Hashem, because Moshe is totally nullified. He doesn't have any Metzias. He was so nullified, totally to Hashem. The Shechina speaks through his mouth. It's not him speaking. He's not considered a Metzias onto its own at all. This is the quality of the concealed world over the revealed world. Over there they have bitl. Their quality is bitl. But then there's also a quality. There's a quality in the revealed world. What's the quality in the revealed world? We're champions. We live in, in distortion, and we need a fight to be able to have a, a little bit of recognition of God. Because it's a novelty. Because to us it's not natural. Every little bit that we do for Hashem comes with a fight. We have to overcome our sense of being, a sense of independence. And we have to do what Hashem wants. The second quality that we have in our world is that they're living in this abstract nothingness. And therefore they... there is is real, but there's something lacking to that reality. Because they don't have anything to identify him as. We live in very concrete reality, and when God comes down through the garments of this world, we know God in a very substantial way. Over here, we can grasp this otherwise, ayin, this otherwise nothingness of Hashem. So, if each one has a quality, and so what do we want? We want the best of both worlds. We don't want one over the other. Ah, that's why we're given Torah and mitzvahs. Torah and mitzvahs is to bridge these two realities. That's the idea of Kriyas Yamsuf. To be able to bring the, the experiences of Almadis Gassia into the Almadis Galia. That creatures of the revealed world should, should have the quality of bittel that there is in the concealed world. While we're in Gashmias of the world. So we have all the... There's a Chiddush. Because our natural state is to be wow, totally independent and selfish. So there's a tremendous chiddish. Also we have the fact that we're living in the, in the concreteness of the world. Godliness becomes very concrete. The problem is that even when we're when, when we're, butle, we're still 90% or 80% self and a little bit of bottle. Oh, that's why we're going to have the quality of Almadis that the bottle is going to be a bottle is totally bottle. In the midst of the coarseness of this world. Both Bittles together. That Yam should merge with Yabasha. Sheyi obeys Amaylis. We should have both qualities. Ha'ino, she'af al pi sheyiyeh b'bchenas yash. Even though we're in real yash. Ba'al medez Gali, in the revealed world. Makol ma'kum yiyyeh le Bittles b'metsiyas. That we down here should have real Bittles b'metsiyas. Kamoi ba'al medez Kassya. Like the concealed world. This is what it says in this week's Parsha. We should be like fish in the midst of the land. While you're in the land, you should be like a fish. In the midst of the land, which is the revealed world, we should have the same consciousness of the fish in the sea. This will be understood. Where did we ever see something like this? That concrete, physical world that is such yeshus should have the bittel of a fish, the bittel of the metziah Where do we find? It? So he gives a perfect example. He says, you see it in Moshe Rabbeinu's body. Moshe Rabbeinu's soul, not a chiddush. It's drawn out from the water. The chiddush is that Moshe Rabbeinu's body was also totally nullified to God, like is the shaman, like we see what. When Moshe had prophecy, he didn't he didn't accomplish it by shutting his body down all the other prophets there was there was at the time of when they received prophecy there was tension a lot of friction their body and their soul were very because then the was receiving it the body didn't know what to make out of it the body is a matthias as yesh, and the body's experiencing this the body couldn't handle it so the body would go berserk all of view. first it would start convulsing and they would start uh, Literally floor, jumping around the floor like a, they look like a mashiachim, like a lunatic, and then the body I think would go silent, it would just be knocked out completely, like it's been knocked out, and then the neshama would like just have its its time with, uh, with you know would be, be, receive the transmission while the body was was out of it. Moshe Rabbeinu was the only one who spoke to God, upon him, face to face, and he was without why, because his body lived was was totally. Comfortable with that revelation because there was no friction. Because even his goof, which which is physical material, Moshe Rabbeinu's body was physical material, yet it was totally unified with a state of it, like all of our bodies are going to be when Mashiach comes. That's the beauty of it. The, the, the what is he says over here? The from all the rest the the Bashar Navim by other Navim Ksiva Yishma, you heard by Yipala Panavi fell on his face. Shagufloy Kali Lidvara Navuh then the guf was not a cali. Majang <speaking in> Bamoisha Bamoisha Pet <Hebrew> El Pe mouth to mouth I speak to <speaking in> him. <Hebrew> Bemara with a vision, Veloy Bahido said not with riddles. Makoma come nevertheless, Ayo oy medalma modoi, he stood on his he stood his stand, Veloy Niker boy shum hazaza. Do you realize the Bible says even more? When you looked at Moshe Rabbeinu, when he got a prophecy, you couldn't even tell it. He wasn't shuckling, and he didn't, his face didn't turn red. He just... The spyless chitzayinus, you didn't see anything external happening. His body didn't even get excited. His body didn't flinch. Because it was so unified. When do you flinch? You flinch when you're experiencing like something shock. It didn't shock the body. To all the Nevi'im, their body was a concealment. Al-Dvar HaNavua. So you can sense attention. Ava B'Moshe. B'Moshe Loi Helum V'Hister HaGuf Klal. The body did not block Sha'a Guf. Or Yekeli L'Dvar HaShem Kamo'i HaNeshama. The Guf was a keli, the same like the soul. Kamo'i Ken Yuvan Inyan HaFach Yom L'Yabasha. That's the Kiddush of when the sea becomes dry land. HaNesh'af HaPi SheYu BePchenas Yesh. Even though you're a Yesh. Mako'um HaKoyim UBitl B'Metzias. That even a coarse yesh should be bottled master cloud. The yesh is not concealing anymore. This power to do this. How can you bridge these two realms together? In order for this to happen, there needs to be a revelation from something so deep, similar to what we were learning in the last few weeks, that in order to be able to make the lowest of the low experience uh, and be be one and 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 and, and ex- you need the gilui of penimius penimius what's chesed which is higher than wealth and dafka that transforms everything similar to that is what he's saying over here. You see these two worlds that we spoke about alma deskasi and alma desgalia. Are really also related to what's called Das Elyon and Das Tachtoin. In the Chassidus it says, Chana, when she when she sang a song when Shmuel Anavi was born, she said one of her words that she said was Kel Deois Hashem, a god of Deois. Deois simply means like opinions, a god of opinions. Or, so the question is: what is the deois? implying there's two deos. And both of them are incorporated in the divine. So in Hasidus it says that there's two perceptions of reality. One perception of a reality is called das elioi. And simply that means the way things are looked at from above. The way things are looked at from the godly scale, what is? Hashem is and the worlds are not. In the words of Kabbalah in in Hasidus terms, and now is, lamai lamata ayin. Up there is where yesh was true substance divine divine divinity is real. The creations are only rays of God, and they don 't have any substance and if they, if he stops if he stops beaming them, they stop existing, so they're iron, and the lower you go, the more the less energy there is from Hashem imbued in something because the lower the creations are, the less godly they have, the more nothing they are so in, 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 from that higher perspective. The higher you go, the more godly revelation, the more yesh, the more substance there is, the more nothing it is. Then there is a flip over das, the way we see things from the down here. We are of substance, and divinity is what? I am, nothing. So it says that these two perceptions are not just perceptions. According to this, one is God's perception, one is our perception. But then it says, no, that Hashem has both these day's. Because how can we, let's understand something. You think we could have invented such a chiddush that we should see ourselves as something? We can't invent anything. So even the confusing, even this distortion, who gives, who creates first? Hashem first imagines it the way we imagine it so that we can imagine it that way. That's the idea that Malchus, remember we spoke before that Hashem shuts the light in Malchus? He shuts down the five lights. Oh, uh, he. Once Malchus lights are shut down, Malchus also perceives that kind of reality that the worlds are of something. She she creates that ability, so it comes out that it's also a godly thing. It's also a godly scheme. That the, that we that down here is yesh and up there is nothing, but then there is the, the das that's above Malchus, the das that's in Atzilus, over there. It's not. It's the higher das that up there is something and down here is nothing. Two Deis. In general, these two Deis are the two Deis of Almadis Kasia and Almadis Galia. The concealed, the ocean world, is living in the reality that God is the real substance, and and anything that's not God is nothing. That's why the fish are one with their source, and the. The the uh, terrestrial world, the dry land world, is living in a world where we perceive ourselves as substance, and we know somewhere over here we know that there is a God and that's a power, but we don't really know who He is and what He is. So that's I. What are we saying, however, when we say that kale Dayoy Hashem is that the power, the name Kale, enables us to take these two Dayoys and merge them together, that in the place that was once that was created and brought into existence, and its entire, its entire being was being out of the notion of the lower das, that down here is yesh and up there is known. yet should be able to be transformed to receive the higher das. And the only one who can bring that together is a power that's above both das. Kale, the name Kale includes them both and can serve as a power to unify them both. That means a regular neshama of Atzilus does not have the ability to bring that MS down into a creature from here. He has his opinion and we have his opinion but there still remains two opinions. There's only those neshamas that are bigger than both that can not only they, they know that perception, they can fuse both realities. That's the neshama of Yosef Atzadik. At That's the neshama of Ben Poras Yosef. That, the one who can tailor, who can, who can, who can I said it earlier, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov didn't have that power. Yosef's neshama is higher than the Avais. He was the ability to be able to take the Avice's world and bring it into Mitzrayim. You see, once Yosef got involved, the yeshiva that they had in Canaan, they lived in Goshen, and they lived in that same, it was like the old shtetl, while they were in Goshen. How the apostle. That's the power of Yosef. That's also, I said earlier, the power of the previous Rebbe to bring Hasidus to America. America? Such a worldly existence. That's the end. deus. Let's see it inside. sheish el shehu is the true being. and all before him is not That's general, the experience in the concealed world. The das tach, and then the lower das is shulamata. Yes, that down here is something, and above there is nothing. who Indian is galia? This is the revealed world. La sent to attach them both. Who al yade kale is through the name kale? Shu tikuna de yud tikune de Hashem Hashem kale So it says in many places, according to different opinions, that the the two times Hashem Hashem is not counted as one of the thirteen. The thirteen start with the word kale. Hashem Hashem is introduction to the thirteen. Kael is the first one. And the name Kale includes them both. In general, now we do that all the time also. This Avoid of Yosef is really what we're supposed to accomplish through Torah and mitzvahs. And the and the real emphasis that we to to merge these two realms to bring into physical yeshus. The experience that God is, that Lamaila, the Bittel B'Metzias, which is that God is and that, that, that He is and we are nothing. To bring that into our consciousness is what we try to do to merge the two together when we say Shema every day. Because Yisrael Hashem Hashem Echad is the awareness of Atzilus. They're living in Hashem Echad. God. God is and there's none but Him. We live at the best when we're in a holy state. In Baruch Shem Kavod lam vad consciousness, God is our King, He's our Master. We do His will. We surrender to Him. That's called the lower unity. But when we say Shema, we say Baruch shame, We merge the two together to try to connect these two realities. The Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad is the reality of the ocean. How do you know it's the reality of the ocean? Because where else does it say echad? In the story of creation, it says Yikavu haMayim el Makoim The waters should gather. And that means Hashem is making the oceans el Makoim to a place of echad. What does that mean? To a place of echad to Shema Yisrael. In the oceans, the, the, the powerful truth that Hashem echad, that God is and there's none but Him, that's going to be the reality of the ocean. If you want to say Shema Yisrael before Matan Torah, if you wanted to say Shema Yisrael, you had to go scuba diving. There is where there's Shema Yisrael. Over here, at best, you can do Baruch Shem Kavod Machusai, the Yod vad. You can't experience Echad. It's an ocean reality. That's the Mokheim Echad who Kemoshe Kosev Yikavu Amayim a Mokheim Echad. The Mokheim Echad who Hashem Echad. Mokheim Echad is like the Yikavu Amayim, and we're saying. And going There's going to be the higher world, Amayim. That's where the Yachad is going to be filled. what does that show? Already we're dealing with the worlds. And going back to what we said earlier, the worlds, the main worlds that we're talking about before that are created by a ray, those are the worlds that are living in disconnect. That's mainly what we spoke about earlier. The worlds that are living, Baruch, they're only created by a ray of Hashem. That's the revealed worlds. The attaching of these two worlds, the higher world and the lower world, is what we're trying to do when we say Shema, together with Baruch Shein. That the higher unity should shine in the lower unity. This is what happened by Kriyas Yamsuf. that Yamsuf. Usually what was sea, the area that was once the sea was now dry land. And while we were walking in dry land, we were, we were, we were in the sea. We were living in that consciousness of the sea. shahoya kasya the same consciousness and awareness that there usually is only in that to those high nishamis was to everybody. That's basically what it was. It says that the, that the maidservant saw what Yecheskel see, what only the biggest Nevi'im or even what they didn't see, so high. And at that moment she was butl. Later she didn't, but at that moment at least she was butthold. <speaking in Hebrew> From the higher unity and the lower unity. Masha and this is what it says, Takabai Yitzias Mitzrayim I'm sorry, by Kriyas Yamsov it says, Vayoyer Esalailah, the night lit up. Almadis Galya, the revealed world, is called night. It's darkness. Because we don't see the MS. We're living in, we're living in total ignorance. Lighting up the night means what? Lighting up the night means Vayoyer that the Choshech should become illuminated with light. Means that, the, that, that in Almadis Galya, in the revealed world, we have the same MS and the same truth like in those abstract hidden worlds. But what does it take to do that? It says, What did it take in order to to make night light up? Regular godliness couldn't do it. You needed to get to a very high level of godliness that's called cloud and darkness. This darkness is, is not the darkness, the absence of light. This darkness is darkness that's higher than light. It's the essence of God that cannot be defined by light or dark. Meaning, it's beyond everything, and that is able to make that even choyshech, even darkness should shine. That's the name kale we spoke about earlier. Kale. That's the We're not talking about over here darkness that's after light. The darkness before light. Like it says, that Hashem shrouds Himself in darkness. He hides in darkness. That's the darkness we're talking about. This is the essential concealment. And this is what caused the night. Since there was a hamshacha from such a high place, it enabled Almede and Almede to merge together. And It's also hinted to that the powerful eastern wind was blowing all night. That's the powerful eastern wind. Now we'll understand the think We're almost done the mimer, in ten minutes. And this is we'll understand what it says: that the splitting of the sea is considered something difficult. What's difficult? It says very We see in a way of analogy by a person when you need to lift something heavy, which is which needs more strength than your regular strength that flows in your limbs. So what now, we're talking about, it's heavy. But you still can pick it up. But what do you have to do? You have to unearth from your, from, your, from, your, from your potential powers that you usually don't draw from. Usually you draw from more the superficial powers. Now you have to go like deep. So you're pulling out strength from a very deep place. That's difficult, when you're revealing a very concealed place. Let's take the same concept and apply it to God, but by God, take away the difficulty, the hardship, but the idea of difficult means that powers that are usually concealed came into motion in order to do it. Something very deep needed to be unleashed in order to accomplish it. God had to open up his Choshech, what is Choshech? We say earlier, Choshech means his very hella ma'atzmi, his very essential concealed essence. That had to be revealed in order to establish what? That vayar esalailah, that night should start to shine or that the dry land should have the same consciousness as the sea. For that to happen, that's what's difficult. Not difficult in the sense that it's hard. Difficult that just like when a person is doing something hard. What is hard? Hard means that you have to, that you're bringing forth naturally concealed powers into the open. But by a human being, it's difficult to do that. By Hashem, it's not difficult, but it's the concept behind that he's activating a power that's very concealed. That's the idea. Uh, Draw forth hidden powers. This is considered difficult. Create, let's understand perfect. In creation, God only created the world from what? We spoke earlier, from, from external energy. But over here, when Hashem wants to reveal in that external energy, His higher self, in order to bring... And this, this whole creation was created only through what? Concealment. So how does that going to reveal and not destroy the creation? You need to reveal a level in God that can encompass both. And for that, inyan is. It, caused, it needed, requires. Particularly the power that it attaches. We say before Yosef, he's a tailor, he's a sower, he sows. This is a difficulty. That's what that's why we say a shidduch is difficult, because the shidduch is exactly this: the girl, the kala, represents God's manifest energy within the world, the revealed world, godliness that's concealed within the creation, and allows for malchus, allows for creation to exist in a very pronounced way. Man's energy. Male's energy is rooted in Aqadish Baruch and the transcendental light of God and the concealed world where the worlds are lost in God's light. The unity of man and woman in their chasen I'm talking about doesn't this doesn't necessarily translate in men and women in terms of their consciousness, because men can be just as in Almadi as Galia, many times much more than women. Like like we see that the proportion always in this class over here. That women are more prone to come learn and be inspired by hidden, but the concept is (laughs) still the chenugam ken Zivugim. The zivug is the the zivug is a yichud of chasen and kala, (laughs) shahalada, which is emerging of these two. That's what's a zivug. In the zivug, the the chasen and the kala end up becoming one entity. One entity in their child, they're both one. So here you're going to create something of a blend of both. For the birth is from the woman. Her main birth is from what she receives from her husband. What does it mean in concept? That the HaKadosh Baruch whose light should be revealed in the Shekhinah. HaYinu Malchus. Zer and Malchus. The Zer Ampin is generally called the concealed world, Atzilos consciousness. Malchus is the source for our, for our, so to speak, misguided consciousness of self. And that's why it's difficult, because this, this idea of unifying requires a kaya higher than both to unify them. This is the idea of the Torah given with five kolyach. Because Malchus, what did we say before? In order for Malchus to, to give room for Almadis, Galia, for the revealed world, for the creations to be so pronounced and so self-aware, what did, what had to happen in Malchus? Hashem had to first close all her five lights. He had to remove the He. su shekasev. like it says, Atohu Hashem there it mentions Ato with a hay. at the second time it says at asis. By the way, at is female, at, because when Malchus is acting as the mother of creation, she loses the He. The hay, hay The hay is the five partsufim. Kaser chachma bina meiri begiloi. They're not there in the malchus After the Tzimtzum, it was completely hidden from Malchus these five before the Atu The hay is in the ata, the, the letters Aleph through Tav, the oisy oys, are still lost in, our, in all the five lights are turned on. hay, it's filled with the hay. parsa after the parsa. especially after the parsa, after Atsilus, where there is a parsa. The hay is not shining. When did Hashem restore the hay? Through Torah and mitzvahs, after Kriyas Yamsov. Kriyas Yamsev broke that and created that emergence for, 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 for an hour. Once the breakthrough happened, then Hashem gave us the, the tools to do that all the time through Torah and mitzvahs. So, by Mat and Torah, we're drawing back down into the Malchus, we're bringing back the hay. That's why the Torah was given with five sounds. Five koilis, because we're bringing the light by matan Torah. There was the light of Malchus, the light of Zeh, the light of Bina, the light of Chachma, and finally the light of Keser. It was all restored. It was a giloi of these five partufim and this That's why by a chasen it also says because the chasen is bringing the five koilis to the kala. Now, right away. Why is the emphasis over here? He gets the five koylus, even though it's a very big Indian to make the Kala happy too. But what's the Indian Because the khassin the is the one who has to be Mashpiya this light to the Kala, and joy and the, nat- the nature of of Baruch Hu of is to keep this concealed in himself. The ability you need Simcha in order to have you transmit it. So. For the need of the five koylos, it's mainly mesameach as a that he should give this to the kala. Sheheh pamekam nisha yichud chasen kala yichud alma deskasya im alma desgalia. The yichud of the chasen and the kala is unifying the concealed world with the revealed world. Fugam gam ken giloi deh partzufim anal, which you see you know, even even just in a marriage, the chasen gives the yud, gives the drop. The kala takes this drop and turns it into a fleshed out human being. A whole substance. You see, it's mamish, this idea. This is a concealed element. This is a real element. And b'chalal, a woman can take everything of, a, of, a, of an idea and make it make it, make it tangible and, and real, manifest in the world. And this is what it says, Ben Poiris, Yosef, Ben Poiris, Ali Ayin. The whole power of Matan Torah, the whole power to be Mechaber Atzilus and Biyah and Bri Yitzir and Almadez and Almadez Galias, Yosef's power, that's... It's interesting that he doesn't say it over here, that's why... But it, I'm, again, I'm adding this, but it makes sense that by, by, by the Kriya Yamsov, it didn't want to split until it saw Aron Yosef. Yosef's bones, because that's what Yosef is. Yo, Yosef in his own life, he is the one who brought the others from the land of Eretz Yisrael into Eretz. Mitzrayim, that's what Mitzrayim means. Briya Yitzir, Nasiya Asiyah, Alma is called Mitzrayim. It's narrow, it's constricted, it's, 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 it doesn't feel God. It's run by nature. It says, Bechlal, Eretz Yisrael is a land where you can sense Hashem. Eretz Yisrael is a land like you're still living in the ocean, you can see Hashem everywhere. Eretz Mitzrayim is the exact opposite. They didn't have any rainwater, everything was only dependent on natural river. Which was, which was one that no one had to lift their eyes up ever to heaven. People were so, li- they lived so much in science. They were so, they were so, they, 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 are, they idolized science. The, the nature, the worlds of nature, without connecting it to God. That's Mitzrayim. And Yosef came down to Mitzrayim, and the first thing he said was, shloim Not me, Elokim is going to answer. Everything was Hashem. He started revealing it in Mitzrayim. Yosef means Lahosef, to add. Ayin the He's higher than the Bemporas Ale Ayin. He's above the Ayin of the Shema. The Ayin of the Shema is a large Ayin in the word Shema. That's Bina, and that's the source of the concealed worlds. But it's still that's the power of the concealed world. But higher than that is the power to unify Shema. So he's above that Ayin. He's the power that unifies the higher unity with the with the lower unity. That's what Yosef means. It comes to add the sun that increases. He adds added lights from the concealed worlds, the Alma Galya to the revealed worlds. Vizau inyan pyreis i see is teif that's why pyreis is also the word toifer he he needs i'm sorry he's, he he sows umahabar as alma he attaches the concealed world ba is galia in the revealed world masha hay and that's why poras as we said at the beginning is Gamatria of five times coal. why because because that's the whole idea. It brings down the, it restores the hay. It brings the giloy of back into the yolemos five times. Coil. He draws down. That's why Yosef Takah says He speaks about five letters. Eh? In the world canal. That's what Yosef accomplishes, and this is what the, free, the, the, the Rebbe Rishab said on the free the Garibba's engagement. And his son, his son, his name is Yosef, who's going to bring down the shamas Now, what's the chidosh of Yehuda? What's of Yehuda? So last week we learned that after you give to Tzedakah, to Malchus, eventually you have to give her wealth, and eventually she's, she elevates herself in Keser, and she's even higher than Yosef. Yehuda's higher than Yosef. That's already the Gili of Mashiach. And that's already the chidosh of the Rebbe over the previous Rebbe. Previous Rebbe is the one bringing all the light from the past in here. Once it's received in the keli, the Rebbe uncovers something even deeper. The essence of God and the essence of the world, this is Mashiach already, this is already future, this is what we're experiencing now. This is all an introduction to what we're having now, right now. Lechayim, Lechayim, may we merit uh, to see the complete and total Gi'ula Shalema. That's the Indian. Wow, we did it in one shot without a break.